We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. From the Clark Ford Studio in Oxford, Mississippi, MBW Digital proudly presents the Oxford Exxon Podcast. I'd say thanks for tuning in. But why am I going to give you a round of applause for something you're supposed to do, to be frank? And now, here are your hosts, Chase Parm. And broadcast school has really paid off. And Neil McCready. I deserve to be on TV. Welcome into the MPW Digital Post Game Show presented by Dead Soxy. I'm Neil McCready. That is Chase Parham. Old Miss beats Texas A&M 31-28 at Kyle Field in College Station, Texas, Ole Miss improves to 8-1 and one overall, 4-1 and one in the SEC. Texas A&M falls to 3-5, uh, 1-4 and and in the uh, SEC. Ooh. So, uh, yeah, we are, uh, as you might have noticed, we're brought to you by Dead Soxy. We're happy to announce that MPW Digital and Dead Soxy have agreed to a new deal that lasts through the end of the 2023 football season. We love having them as a partner on the show, so if you have yet to try them, please do yourself a favor. Grab a few pairs of the best socks you'll ever put on your feet. Your feet will thank me and Chase later. Over the next several weeks, we'll showcase uh, some new products from Dead Soxy Offerings, give you the latest on special collections in the works. But uh, speaking of agreements, you're uh, hearing this first. Dead Soxy's excited to share that they are now an official partner of the Ole Miss Rebels. New licensed merch will be dropping soon. Lastly, Dead Soxy has some big NIL news to announce as well. A collection of five student-athletes have signed with the brand, and uh, player-designed products are in the final phase of production. So go to deadsoxy.com. You see it right there on the screen. Use the promo code REBELGROVE, it's one word, REBELGROVE, get 25% off your order now. And as always, stay soxy. Chase, how are you? Oh, I'm lovely. Um, I was a little worried about all of us, had that thing, had a chance for overtime there at the end, but it doesn't. Uh, yeah. Did I that was, cross your mind at some point? I tried to not let it cross my mind. Okay. But instead, almost winning 31-28, 8-1. No, my voice is my voice is bad because I don't particularly feel great. But I'm I'm kind of gutting through. Powering through. Yeah, I don't. I hadn't felt good. I hadn't felt good all day, really since about last night. Um, I mean, we get into a lot. We'll call Jeffrey here in a minute, I guess. Yeah, we'll uh, get into that. That's the plan. You know, 
Well, it's kind of gutted a game out. I mean, you look at it, and Connor Wegman throws for three forty something. Hold on, yeah, 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 we gotta do this. We gotta do this here. Yeah, Burn and Nader says officials were miserable. No, no, you. No, I, we, I pointed out in observations. Then when I was talking about it, Ole Miss got more than their share of fifty fifties, and I'm not sure that the officials missed one that <laughs> yeah. Ole Miss should have gotten on yeah. the night. I mean, they, it was. They're going to miss calls. I have seen worse targeting calls than Tavius getting knocked out right there, yeah, too. I actually thought they – I thought the game was pretty well officiated. I got I got to give them credit for that one. Oh, he says, not like fair, unfair, review, review, review. Oh, well, yes, there are just, too many reviews. That's just college football. Yeah, welcome to that one. That's why um, the games last forever. Anyway, so p- apologize. Yeah, um, I don't know. I just thought they kind of gutted it out. I mean, at this point, you're counting wins. And it doesn't matter if it's 99 or 1. I mean, you know, look, it's going to get tougher. Alabama's in two weeks, but they get to their bye week. Everybody played at least a little bit, except for Michael Trigg, I think, today, from an injury standpoint that I'm aware of. Yeah, a handful um, of guys just played a sparing snap here and there, including Casey Kelly, who scored a touchdown on one of his very small handful. I mean, Jonathan Domingo had his hand on the ground multiple times playing tied in tonight. He, he played – some tight end, yes. They, it's really fascinating. I wrote this in in my uh, in notes. By the way, we have three content items up already on the site. Chase has observations. I've got a game story with notes attached to the end, um, and then I've got a column that's up as well. Uh, I've got someone at um, at College Station that I've paid to uh, film the post game show, not post game show, post game press conferences. He will send that to me. I'll get that up on the site as well. So, um, I guess, what time did the game end? 15 minutes ago? Uh, yeah, 20 minutes like ago? Yeah. Pretty pretty decent amount of content up pretty quick yeah. for a three-point game. It's, and it's then almost, you're, almost like we've done this. And then you're here hanging out with us. Uh, you know, get uh, my pop, I tweeted about it a second ago. Quinshawn Judkins now at, I don't know, somewhere around 1,035 rushing yards on the season now through nine games. It's 13 rushing touchdowns. Um, the school record for rushing yards in a season is 13-12 by K.O. Dotley and I think 1949 or 52 or something. I had it up a minute ago. Uh, he is now fifth all-time for a season, passing John Rice Plumley tonight for, uh, for fifth. So that's in his sights. And then he is now at 13 touchdowns rushing on the season, which is one away from K.O. Dotley's record in that one. So that record is 14 he also is at, I don't know, five or six 100-yard games on a season. The career mark for Ole Miss is 14 held by Deuce McAllister. So, uh, I, like, was, I like his chances. And I, I thought it was huge that they got a lot out of Evans. I mean, Evans goes eight carries for 75 yards, but it was eight really important carries as he really handled the mail on that drive that put Ole Miss up. I guess the second score there in the yeah. third quarter that really separated things a little bit, and it gave Judkins a minute to sort of get spelled and get a get a breather back, and then he came back out and carried them down the field. I mean, Ole Miss was very very run heavy. They run for almost 400 yards. They ran 82 plays, and I think 62 were run plays out of 82, something like that. It was there was not much balance from that standpoint, including tons of runs on first and second down. Yeah, the uh, some stats, if you want them. Ole Miss uh, accumulates 530 yards of total offense compared to 480 for Texas A&M. Ole Miss 140 yards through the air. A&M goes for 338 through the air. Um, Connor Wigman making his first college start. 28 for 44 for 338. Four touchdowns, no interceptions. Uh, Jackson Dart, 13 for 20 for 140. Three touchdowns, no interceptions. Jackson Dart's rating was 173.3, 
Wegmans, Wigmans was 158.2. Uh, Ole Miss had 390 yards on the ground. A&M had 142. Devin A-Chain had 138 of that 142. Quinshawn Judkins rushes 34 times for 205 yards. Jackson Dart, 17 carries, 95 yards. And uh, Zach Evans had eight carries for 75. Uh, Dayton Wade had two carries for 12 yards. J.J. Pegues had one carry that we almost oh. spent a lot of time talking about. Yeah. One carry for four yards. Uh, Devin A-Chain, I mentioned, 25 carries for 138. Quickly on receiving, in case you're wondering. Uh, Dayton Wade, five catches for 20 yards. Uh, Jonathan Mingo, four catches for 89. Uh, Zach Evans, two catches for 30 yards. Casey Kelly, one catch for one yard. It was a TD. Malik Heath caught one pass uh, for no gain. Uh, Moose Muhammad had a terrific game for A&M. Eight catches for 112 yards and a touchdown. A-chain, seven catches for 41 yards and a touchdown. Ethan Stewart, six catches for uh, 88 yards and a touchdown. Donovan Green had four catches for 48 yards. And then Max Wright, Jalen Preston, and Noah Thomas all had one catch each. Thomas's catch was a uh, a touchdown catch, a two-yard catch. Um, I think that's got it on uh, total plays. Ole Miss had 83. A&M had 73. Um time of possession Ole Miss possessed the football 31 minutes 47 seconds uh, neither team had a turnover Ole Miss had three fumbles did not lose any of them uh, Ole Miss had two sacks A&M got one sack Ole Miss had uh, five tackles for loss A&M had 10 tackles for loss so that's your Ole Miss got 6.4 yards per play Texas A&M had 6.6 yards per play A&M pushing over the 25-yard mark, 25-point mark offensively for the first time in 10 games. But even at 28, the Rebels hold on, get the uh, get the win. Sure, all's not well in Aggie Land. I'm but, sure it's not. Yeah. You want to get Jeffrey? Yeah, sure. Let's get, get Jeffrey. Jeffrey. I wasn't trying to filibuster, by the way. I was just curious to get the stats myself after writing about them. I was curious to kind of look at them. I apologize. Let's see. Well, we don't have a lot of time to smell the roses. I'm not noticing everything. So the person you are trying to reach do you usually call him on skype or facetime i usually call him i usually call his phone number on skype okay let me try again yeah i usually call his phone number on skype not his actual skype gotcha okay i called the skype yeah Well, they're saying they can't hear us. Hmm. Okay, well, we'll give it a shot. I'm just going to, I'm going to kill the call because that's not, I I don't. Hello? Hey, I was, is this Aaliyah? No. Oh, I'm sorry. I called the wrong number. I apologize. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. I don't have, I don't have his number on Skype. But okay. I can do it. I know what you're saying. Okay. <laughs> I mean, F me, man. It's just not my day. We could have talked to her. Who was it? I don't think she was very happy. <laughs> she didn't like me very much. Do you need a rain? No. Do you want one right now? No. Why? I'd be up till 8 in the morning. <laughs>
Can you imagine? Holy shit. <laughs> Taking a rain at 11 o'clock. Oh, my God. Literally, I wouldn't sleep. I wouldn't sleep till noon. Really? You don't think so? No, I know so. I'm looking for Jeffrey's number. So, Do you mean to text it to you? Yeah, just text me the actual number. Yeah, she was pissed off. I you feel know. bad about that. She didn't sound like she was asleep. Yeah, I think she was kind of asleep. Oh, do you think so? Yeah, I think so. I feel bad about that. That sucks. That makes me a really shitty person. To get called by yeah, a man, podcast at 1044. Really, that's really shitty on my part. At least it's Saturday night. Yeah, I guess. That's really shitty. I mean, I feel really bad about that now. Because she might be like me where someone wakes you up and you can't go back to sleep. You start thinking. Can y'all hear me? We can. We can. Glad, I'm glad you uh, answered. Hang on. Hang on. Uh, I'm so nervous about calling him now. <laughs> I know it's the one I just called. It just makes me nervous because I feel. Does this sound better? You yeah, are perfect. Much better. Thank you. Okay. Uh, sorry. Were you uh, were you listening as Neil called some woman at ten forty four and woke her out of bed a minute ago? I I was not. Um, um. I I told my entire family I was like, hey, because uh, they were they were trying to call me about the game and everyone wanted to dissect it. Um, and I was like, hey, I've got to talk to Neil and Chase. I got to talk to my bros. So I told I, I told everyone like, hey, I gotta I gotta get off. Praising. Um, so yeah, where do you want to start? Chase. Oh God, um, Neil's really kind of discombobulated. I don't know; he's kind of off right now. Uh, I guess just big picture, and we'll get into a little more minutia. But I was saying a second ago in the introduction, they sort of just kind of gutted this thing out. It would have been been easy to lose tonight. You're down fourteen ten. A and M did have a little momentum, was playing better than they'd been playing. Ole Miss has got tons of issues on defense. From a from a second and third level standpoint, they're thin, and I thought the run game Judkins is just an absolute man. Evan spelling him to keep him one hundred percent, and also having some big runs, and then Dart kind of avoiding the big mistake. That thing kind of operated, given the limitations, about as well as you could offensively to kind of hang on there. And the defense did enough to give them time. Yeah, so I was thinking about this: Is it possible to have a good win that actually tells you nothing? Because that's what I felt like tonight was, right? Like, I, that was a really good win. I don't know. I, I thought... Actually, nothing. I mean, I know what you mean, but I kind of thought there was a time early in the game where they were in trouble. And to sort of... I mean, Lane did too, because he did a fake punt on his own 16-yard line. Yeah. Um, For them to kind of get to the half, fix a few things... And come out and and have the third quarter that they had. I think it does tell you this team's got 
it's got a lot of character on it. It's got flaws. It's got lots of flaws. I mean, it's got a lack of depth. It's got issues all over the defense. I mean, there, that's this is now Vanderbilt, Auburn, LSU, Texas A&M, where the defense has looked pretty porous. So it kind of is. That's half yeah. of an SEC season, so it kind of is what it is. But I don't know. I, I thought there was a lot of character that was displayed to win the game. There Because there were moments in the second quarter that I thought, this thing could get out of hand. No, I thought they were the more mature team. Wouldn't you agree with that? Oh, sure. Yes, no yeah. question. And, yes, their defense was getting the ball run down their throat in the first half. And I think that that was undeniable. But, it like, in the second half, like, when Texas A&M had to score and had to move the football, Ole Miss did a really good job of standing tall and saying, like, you're not going to do that. And... They made them throw, and all of a sudden, this true freshman looks like a true freshman. And when Ole Miss got the football, they understood, hey, the time is now. And they did what I think good teams do. Like, they ran it down their throat. Like, I don't know, like, I, I, was, I was very impressed with this win. Like, I think this is one of the more impressive wins of the Lane Kiffin era, and maybe it's like prisoner of the moment, but I was super impressed with it because I felt like A&M had the better players and Ole Miss figured out a way to win. And I thought that was kind of a big deal. Yeah, I'm, I'm cool with that assessment completely. Um, they, they have a lot of great players. There's no doubt about that. They And they got off to a decent start, and so they got the crowd into it. And then – Ole Miss, like I said, I, I felt like they just had to get to the intermission, and then they did, and from that point forward, they kind of dominated the game a little bit. As Not dominated, but controlled the game. I'll be curious to see what Pete says looking – I know you guys don't do a ton of look back, but looking back just on his own thoughts as he was watching the game tonight when you do his preview for well, – I guess it'll be two uh, weeks or whatever. Can, can, I, can, I preview, yeah. can I preview Pete's preview? Sure. Uh, Judkins is a stud. Yes. Holy hell, that guy is so good at running the football. And then Evans also is amazing at running the football. I mean, that's the thing. Neil and I, we love scheme. Chase, you love scheme. But the reality is sometimes when a guy has a one-on-one matchup and all he has to do is beat that one guy and it makes everyone else look amazing, I feel like that's what Ole Miss did so well tonight. Like, they got one-on-ones. Compared to last week, when they got into one-on-one situations and they got beat, I felt like they got into one-on-one situations tonight, and they won them, and they won them big. So what led to that? What allowed that to happen? Uh, They were able to understand what A&M was going to try to take away. A&M was not going to let Judkins bounce it, and they were going to make him run it through the tackles. And I think they thought, their linebackers and their secondary would make the tackles. And guess what happens when you have a, like a special back, he makes those guys miss. And that's kind of what I thought was the difference tonight. What'd you drink tonight? Uh, Chateauneuf to pop from Costco. Oh, was it good? It's always good. (laughs) It's good. The second bottle better than the first one. Second bottle. 
Sorry, third. Third bottle. <laughs> <laughs> My fault. My apologies. What did you... Uh, I mean, we had some... Uh... Go ahead. No, go ahead. Finish. Please. I'm no, actually, I'm really not as I'm not as drunk as you think I am. I'm just tired. Okay, oh, I, I get that. Uh, I don't know if you know this. I I covered um, I covered MUS and Brentwood Academy last night um, in Nashville, and I drove straight oh. back. Oh god, I'm on like six hours. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Hey, by the way, hey, let me tell you, let me tell you if you want to see bad football, I know what it looks like. You saw I that? I covered a game that was twenty-one to nothing. That was twenty-one to nothing in half. That only had one offensive touchdown. Oh, that was kind of like the Miami Virginia yeah. game today. That was fourteen twelve and didn't have a yeah. touchdown in four overtimes. That's correct. What did what do you feel like Ole Miss did defensively today? Because they didn't really go to a true four man front because they have to protect their linebackers. They don't have enough to go four three. But I thought they brought some extra guys up and they did do some things to sort of confuse the freshmen put him in some weird situations, and at least show a four-man front, even though it wasn't traditional. They uh, they did make a lot of adjustments after looking pretty poor there in the first half. I thought that, what do you call it, scheme or just changing some, some ways that they were blitzing or some more exotic stuff, they did present him some looks that I have not seen out of Ole Miss from as far as bringing that fourth and fifth man up to the line of scrimmage pre-snap to then make them account for it. So, I don't want to be – um, no shit analyst, mm-hmm. but uh, Neil would probably agree with me on this because we've both taken snaps. They just pressured him. And guess what happens when you are not used to seeing pressure? You just start all of a sudden. And I felt like that was exactly what Ole Miss did. They were like, hey, we got to heat him up. Let's pressure him. Let's make him throw the football quicker than he wants to. And he did. And guess what? When you throw the football quicker, than you want to, you end up throwing it a lot less accurately. Yeah, they. I thought they adjusted and dialed up some pressure on him when they realized that he had – I'm sure they knew it, but he displayed it early. I mean, the kid's got some arm talent. Um, he can put some zip on it, and they've got some receivers who can go get the ball. I mean, they Muhammad and Stewart, and I mean, they got dudes. That tight end's a good player. You had to dial it up. You had to get him uncomfortable because early he was a little too comfortable. He was six for his first six for 94 yards and two touchdowns, and you had to change that. You had to dial some stuff up to get him uncomfortable. I thought they did a good job with it. There, Look, here's the deal. But I think, I think the, the main thing was you had to start heating him up. You had to start making him make decisions more quickly. Yeah. And Ole Miss made him make decisions more quickly, and that's when he started to struggle. When he was in rhythm – it was almost had no chance. And I I think that was the, the difference that they, you know, that was whether it be a coaching decision, whether it be a defensive decision, when they chose to say, hey, let's not let him get comfortable, I think that was when he started to make mistakes. Charlie thought on Tennessee, Georgia next week. Tennessee looked really damn good tonight. Okay, so... I hate that I'm the guy that is the Tennessee defender. I know. You've been saying it all year. I know. I hate it. You guys know I hate Tennessee with all of my heart. But, guys, they're good, right? They're really good. No, they are. They're really, really, really good. It will not shock me at all if they go to Athens and win next week. 
Okay, because here was the thing that how much of of Georgia Florida did y'all get to watch? Some, some. I didn't watch tons of it. I watched, I watched some of it. Here, here is what fascinates me. Maybe Georgia is so good defensively that they're not going to be able to allow Tennessee to get explosives, and the game stays like in the mud. But if Georgia and Tennessee get into a shootout, I know one thing is for certain. Stetson Bennett ain't winning that football game. No, they're going to turn Hooker over. They're going to have to bog that game down. There's no doubt about that. Well, like, so today they were trying to – so Georgia was trying to run it up today. And Bennett throws two horrific picks. Like, horrific picks. And it just, like – it kind of brought me back to the SEC championship game when Alabama, Georgia jumps up on them, and you think, okay, this we know how this game's going to go. Well, Alabama started to go vertical on them, and Georgia could not keep up. I think that's a legitimate question for this year. Like, can Georgia truly keep up with Tennessee? I don't know. Maybe, and the reality is maybe Tennessee will not be able to get going. I kind of like – I don't care what the number is. I kind of like Tennessee right now. Lane went – I'm kind of moving all over the place. We'll let you go in a minute. I know you're tired. Lane has been going on Jimbo all week, and it's not the, hey, whatever. It's it, it's more serious. He does it after the game, kind of plays with him again. What do you think the root of it is? What do you think's exactly going on there? They have the same agent, right? They do, but so does half the damn country. He he does not talk yeah, like I mean, anyone else like he talks about Jimbo. But doesn't that also seem like Lane talking to his agent and saying, hey, I would like a guaranteed deal of $100 million? Like, why does Jimbo? I, I, think, it, I, think, it, I think all of these guys are super, like, macho competitive. And so I think it all boils down to the same thing. It's like, why does Jimbo have this deal – when the rest of us don't, right? Isn't that it? Some envy, in a way. Yeah. So the guys... I mean, Jimbo does have a national title. I mean, I don't don't dispute that. But at the same time, like, also, hey, let's be real. Our boy Hugh just got $40 guaranteed. Like... I, I, I think that's a lot of it. Like, I think a lot of it is why does he have a guaranteed deal and the rest of us don't? Well, there's a lot of dynamics behind behind that one, but nonetheless, what is it, Neil? No, nothing. I, I can't decide whether he sent something to me or he's just created a file to send something to me. Okay. I'm trying to figure it out. Okay. Uh, any other Ole Miss A&M thoughts, Jeff? Um, what do you think of Dart tonight? I think that kid's pretty good. I I think the freshman's pretty good, don't y'all? I mean, he's got talent. I mean, I'm curious to kind of see him elevate. I mean, I he he's got a higher upside than any of the other two guys. I mean, frankly, I guess I guess I understand why he didn't start to begin the year, but also you kind of look in hindsight and go, "Damn it, he was over there, and you didn't try to get him ready." No, I think this was the bigger picture thought that I had. Why? When people go, oh, Jimbo refuses to run this offense, 
it's not like Jimbo can't run this offense. The question is, why does Jimbo refuse to run this offense? Like we saw tonight, like he's capable of running the same stuff that everyone else does. Why does he refuse to do it? Well, now that's a hell of a question. I mean, Neil actually knows him, but I mean, he's I, just stubborn. He's going to do it his way. He's, he's yeah, he's, but, but okay. But here's my question: Why does he he get stubborn? Like, my deal is, I actually understand his logic. His logic is, I want, I want my guys when the NFL comes to look at them, I want them to be prepared. But he also will like at times run the same stuff that everyone does. Why does he go back and forth? It's my deal is I would actually respect him more if he wouldn't run the same stuff that he runs tonight for the first like what three possessions? Like why does he go back and forth? That's what confuses me. I don't know. I mean just the two he is, that's what he's done. I, I, I don't know the answer to that. And at this point Contrary to what everybody thinks, he's got all the power because they owe him all the money and they can't make him do oh, shit. Oh, I'm so with you. Whenever it's like, oh, he's going to have to do this, he's going to have to do that. No, he's not. He didn't have he's to do anything. Go pay me. He didn't have to do anything. He can keep doing exactly what he's doing right now. He doesn't have to do anything. He has all the power. He has an incredible deal because he has the best agent in the business and they gave him a deal that they gave him. Nobody put a gun to their head and made him and... He's got all the power in the world, and he'll double and triple down. I, I don't. I'll believe Jimbo Fisher hires an offensive coordinator and relinquishes the offense the day I see it, and I'll believe that he relinquishes play calling duties after they lose one game with the new play caller. If he doesn't take it back, mm-hmm. does this not bring up? Remember when uh, Spurrier got to South Carolina and they wanted him to relinquish play calling? And everyone's like, oh, he's got to give up play calling. He's got to give up play calling. It's like, what are you doing? Like, uh, you've hired him to do this. So, like, I, on one hand, I, I understand what people are saying. But on the other, it's like, that's what you hired him to do. Why, why, would, you, why would you pay him all this money to not do that? Yeah, they, they made a decision that is going to haunt them for at least another year. Because, I mean, I, look, I, don't, I, I, don't, I, know, I know there's the thought that, they get so much talent, they're just going to win automatically. Nah, not necessarily. I mean, they could lose again next year. There's no guarantee that team's taking some huge elevation next year and and disrupting the the SEC West. It's just oh, for it's, sure, it's, it's not there at all. A and M's first four game losing streak since 2005 wow. after tonight. Also, hey, my man, thanks for the time as always. I appreciate it. All right, boys. Talk to you. Did we ever get so a? I was I was right. He was just creating. Okay. The, he was creating a folder to send me the uh, the files. Did we ever get a look or a, an explanation on? I saw Barstool tweeted it. What the hell A and M was doing with the torches for the Halloween thing last night or something? Apparently, it's a Did Halloween. You see this? Yeah, apparently it's a Halloween tradition. That's what they said. I, look, you know. Did my, you see it? I, I mean, I saw like a ten second clip of it. I, I don't. I I don't have, tradition. I don't sit and watch that stuff. Whew. I'm not. That just doesn't do it for me. Like the whole Aggie. I've seen it once, so I, if I never see it again, I'm good. With the little kickback thing when they throw the insult yeah, in there, it's just the, not, not my thing. I think it's 
so cringy that I can't keep watching it. Like, and some people watch it hoping to get offended, I think. And I'm like, whatever, that's who they are. So, yeah, know. sacrifice was kind of the word that kept coming to my mind, too. Oh, oh. They had the one with the big pumpkin on his head and he was kind of carrying it around. Yeah. The headless horseman, kind of. Yeah. Sort of. Like I said, I didn't. I, 10 seconds stops. <laughs> North Korea says this too much. I mean. I mean, there's a part of me that thinks sometimes, and this is like deep thoughts, that Jimbo goes, you know what, I hate this freaking place, but they gave me all this money. I'm going to make it where they paid me off. I'm going to get my seven. What's going through his mind right now? Oh, he. He doesn't not care. No, he's such an egomaniac that he probably thinks it's somebody else's fault when a lot of this is his fault. I mean, he just continues look we talk about he's he's a fraction from two and what are they two and six oh and five a fraction i mean these a kick and tyler van van dyke being a decent quarterback well he's that from being one and seven oh well okay fair enough yeah i mean i'm giving i'm giving them that game yeah they got to go to florida they still got to play auburn still got to play lsu i mean at best at best, they're three and five in the league. At absolute best. And a decent chance they don't win any of those games. And if you made me bet, I'd bet that they win one of those games. So, I mean, two and six in the league. They'll beat UMass. That's two more wins. So, five and seven, two and six. Thanks to uh, Ole Miss today, I told Neil when we were going to the show. I'm pretty sure it's my only win of the week in Neil's picks. Um, I, I think I, I think I went I think I went Rebs and nine or whatever it is. I think that <laughs> luckily was luckily only did seven games. I don't. Yeah, I, it, it was it was rough. Because okay, like what the hell? I know we're getting like we'll call Brian. We'll get some calls in a second. Like, but what the hell happened? Kansas State beats Oklahoma State forty eight to nothing today. Yeah. Do you have Oklahoma Where they State? back? What well, we all did, I yeah. think. Would they back up quarterback? I had Auburn covering. Missouri looks competent against. I got that crap, one. South Carolina. I got that I've one. Only, I got that one. I've talked shit about South Carolina all year, and then some reason last week let that sway the. I actually watched a good bit of that. So frustrated. Mizzou had a good plan. Okay. Credit to them. Carolina hey, sucks. Hey, I got that one. What Carolina. Was it? What sucks. were our other games? I missed on Arkansas. Well, I had Kentucky Auburn. covering against Tennessee. That did yeah, not go I had, well. I had Kentucky. Covering. I had Georgia covering, and they did. I get that he doesn't have a ton of weapons. Levis was low-key bad today. He was bad. Yeah. I know he's hurt, but that was bad. No, he was bad. I got Georgia covering. No, Georgia didn't cover. They missed by a half point. Okay, sorry. I got Florida and Ole Miss and then whatever. Yeah. So, okay, we're we're, we're on the comeback trail. We all then. suck. Hell, maybe, maybe Rippy had a good week. He might have. He might have. I mean, hell. Uh, I did – I did well in my competition against Tyler, but did I did you? not do. Well, I mean, look, if you're going to do well in one, yeah, in that one, that's I, the one to do. I mean, I almost did really well in that one. I mean, I had at Washington State covering the line against Utah. They did. I had West Virginia covering against TCU, and they did the backdoor thing on me at the very end. I had South Alabama covering ten. They did. I had Baylor plus two, and they won easy. I lost on Cincinnati UCF in large part because Plumley got hurt. Had he stayed in there, Cincinnati was going to beat that ass. But the backup came in, 
and I had uh, Louisville money line, and they won going away, so I got that one right. Mintz had uh, UCF winning as one of his locks of the week from our show on Thursday. Yeah, I wonder if he knew that Plumlee <laughs> was going to get hurt because that thing was going the other way before Plumlee got hurt. Thanks to everybody for the super chats. Yeah, we missed we got a lot of, of super those. Chats. I don't know. Uh, we missed um, one from Cole. Are we going to talk about Cohen? Um, apparently, John Cohen is the is the new AD at Auburn. I know nobody's gone that strong. I've had two different people in the business tell me that the deal's done. John Sokoloff has gone that strong. Okay, for whatever reason. I, I mean, I have no idea, but I, I, I guess real quick on that, I'll that, say I trust the sources. That's Mississippi State athletic director going to Auburn, leaving his alma mater, former baseball coach, all that stuff. And kind of John a little bit. What what is Auburn seeing here? Unless it's just somebody who will shut up and let the boosters run the program. Because I mean, look, Cohen's pretty damn fire. I mean, it makes me wonder. It's a weird fit because in some ways, Cohen has no capital to go in and charge everybody around and tell the Auburn boosters what the hell to do. But at the same time, he's not a wallflower at all. It's a weird deal here. I don't, I don't understand the dynamic at all. Like, I'm kind of sitting back with my popcorn going, I don't give this a chance. So, Hugh Freeze gets a new deal at Liberty thir- Thursday. That was sign one. Uh, John Hartwell took his name out either Friday morning or this morning, which meant he knew he wasn't getting it. Okay. And um, it's John Cohen. And I guess they'll fire Harson, And – who he hires beats me. He'll hire whoever they tell him to hire. Kevin Steele, come on. Uh, thanks to Daniel Brooks. I, I know there were others here, but he has a lot. But I can't go back and find them. It won't let me go that far. So I apologize. Uh, you want to open phones? We're waiting. I'm, I should have the video of the press conference at some point, but I don't have it yet. So. But I've got somebody in College Station who's already opened up a file and all that stuff, but it's not there yet. That's what you I, – I, I just got a text somebody talking about it would be a great Halloween costume. Should have – you and Tyler could have done the thing where the loser has to dress up as a Yale leader and do cheers. That's what I should have done instead of going to I Boise. Mean, I wouldn't have agreed to that. Come on. I'd rather go it's to Boise fun. and freeze. I mean, no, that video would – no. Nope. Come on. Nope. We'll do no video. It'll trust me. It'll, we'll just keep it to ourselves. It'll never get out. No, no. Don't, don't don't worry. No. It's all fine. I'd rather rather go freeze in Boise. Who do they play? Oh, you're doing the bowl game. Yeah. Okay. What's that tie in? Uh that's a good question. I'm not sure. Uh phone lines open six six two two five nine eight five six three if anybody wants to call. This thing sort of extended even beyond Lane. I mean, Ole Miss football Twitter's pretty active tonight. Lane's pretty active tonight. The 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 internet's sort of sort of rolling through this a little bit right now. I tonight was the first night that I realized the deal between Lane and Jimbo was real. That it wasn't just kind of fake. It did, it never sounded fake. I know. I just always figured we were professional wrestling here. You know what I mean? Hey, who do we have? Hey, hey, this is Mark. Hey, Mark, what's up? Hey, I'm doing tonight. Good. How are you? I'm doing good. Um, that was an interesting game. It felt like in the first half we were 
really hanging on by a thread. Felt outmanned, um, outgunned, outtalented. And then the second half started, and <clears throat> I don't know if it's coaching or, or players or what, but certainly felt like we were the better team in the second half. They made adjustments in the second half, kind of on both sides of the ball, I thought. I thought, you know, offensively, they were doing too much straight drop back when they did throw the ball, and it wasn't doing anything to shift A&M at that second level. When they sort of incorporated the play action into the actual copying of their run game, it opened up some plays down the field. They get Mingo on that wheel there that, that hit down on the big play for him. He kind of out of that tight end blanker position almost, whatever he was playing there. And then – on defense, like, like I was talking to Jeffrey about, they they showed some four-man fronts without going into a straight 4-3 that Wegman did not seem to be prepared for. It put pressure on him, but it also sort of saved Ole Miss on that second level because they just don't have the linebackers to play three of them. So they were able to sort yeah, of manipulate I, that into a way that made sense. I thought Wegman looked really good as a young kid. I thought, I thought he looked really good as a first-read passer. Uh, but when he was when he was required to deal with pressure or go past the first read, he was mm, ill prepared. I guess probably would be the fair way to put it. Yeah, I think that's more than fair. Uh, he they had a good script for him early, and uh, and he made some plays late. He, he's got a good arm. He's got good receivers to work with. Uh, his offensive line failed him a little bit. But then I thought Ole Miss threw some things at him that uh, that got him out of his rhythm, that got him a little off his platform and stuff like that. And that's to their credit because, frankly, before that, it looked like they were going to get run out of the building, like you said. I mean, it, it looked like A&M was going to roll up 600 yards of offense. And they almost got to yeah, five. I mean, they almost got to five. So let, let's, go, <clears throat> let's go a little off script. I mean, we, we, we won. We set up a big game two weeks from now. I don't think any Ole Miss fan that's realistic expects great things against Alabama. So let's let's have a little bit of fun with it. Um, that's what I'd do. I would I would treat it like a, it's a uh, complete free shot. I would treat it like a free shot, even though if there's uh, if Alabama beats LSU, there's going to be all the talk about the SEC West and all of that stuff. And I get it, but I wouldn't if if I were Ole Miss, I wouldn't put that sort of pressure on myself. Not with this team. No, it do, it doesn't feel realistic. And look, it's it's football. Things happen. I mean, Florida made it a game for a minute against Georgia today, and that's really the matchup that it feels like we're facing in a couple of weeks. It's it's we're outmanned, we're we're outmatched. <clears throat> um, it, look, Lane's trying to he's trying to get the players in place, but this is Alabama. It's saving. It's 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 not what we are right now. Um, so I got a I got a question for y'all. Y'all joked about it early in the off season when y'all were talking about Judkins and how good he was and how if the season goes the way you think it might go, he'd look great in crimson next year. Or he'd look great in Auburn blue and orange. Is he going to look great in one of those colors next year, or is he going to be back with Ole Miss? I mean, I cannot imagine that they wouldn't find a way. Yeah, I mean, it it feels like that's a one of just whatever that takes to make sure nothing nothing screwy happens there. I mean, no, he's beyond good. You can't let that happen, no matter what that number is. It just is. No, I'm with you, but God dang, he's good. Oh, he's he's exceptional. No, he's he's. I mean, what Jackson Dart said after the game is not entirely out of the realm of possibility. It's possible that he is the best back in the country. 
I mean, yeah, there, there are others that are there are others in that conversation. There was, a, there was a third down run. It was like third and two, and it was a nothing play. Probably nobody thought about it, but he he kind of buries his head under the line and he figures out a way to get a half a yard over the first down. It's not the it's not the big play. It's not the twenty yard run, thirty yard run, but it's just a you know a presence of mind to you know down in distance and what you got to get to his vision his strength everything is really impressive hey thanks for the call appreciate it very much all right uh scott hang on one second we'll get right to you scott thanks for the super chat scott says um thoughts on opening line versus alabama it's kind of hard because alabama hadn't played lsu i'd say um hey turn your hey caller caller turn your device down Hey, who do we have? Uh, yeah, this is Josh in Nashville. How are y'all? Hey, Josh, I'm good. Hold on one second. What would you guess on the line? 14 and a half. Yeah, I was going to say 15 and a half. Okay. So two, two touchdowns and a hook or another point, somewhere in there. Yeah. What's up, Josh? Yeah, hopefully we're ahead of schedule, huh? Do what now? We're ahead of schedule. As a program? Yeah, I mean, for a year after losing that many guys. Yeah, I mean, that's that a, much for <laughs> Ole Miss, you know, as a program, when you lose that many guys, you usually go, what, five and seven? Yeah. Six, I mean, it, historically. It's really a complicated thing. Chase and I talk about it a lot when we're not on the air or on whatever this is called. He's great at building a team. No question. He's proven that. Um, can you can you do it this way every year? I think he even he thinks he can't because you see more of an emphasis on high school recruiting. So how how ahead he is, I think we'll find out a little bit more in December. But obviously, they've done an elite job of of um, of building through the portal and 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 putting band aids on top of wounds that yeah in, in a traditional. In a traditional year before the portal, this would this you you obviously would not be eight and one. Well, and I think it's evidence of the conversation we're having right now is that I mean nobody's upset tonight. They just beat a And M. Everybody's in a good mood. They get a bye week. They get the the, the game against Alabama at home. That will be a, a fun atmosphere and a fun week leading up. And you see how it goes. But everybody goes, hey, you know, what if it looks a little better? And you can't do this. And they're not a lead. And there's a little bit of tongue gnashing in a way of just. They're not looking exactly as good as maybe intended, but at the same end of the day, it's eight and one, and you're just counting wins at this point. I mean, hell, who like who cares what it looks like right. when you're ten and two? You're just ten and two. Right. Right. Nobody goes well. You only beat this. You got this issue at linebacker. They've overcome that and won a lot of games where there's just an expectation to win, but win football games at this point. And I think that says as much about the job they have done as anything else is that. We're you know we're really analyzing the way they're winning instead of just looking up and going. It's a really good coaching job in 2020. It's ten and two in 2021, and in 2022 they're eight and one with at least a shot of ten and two again. 
Well, I would say we're a hotter team in the portal this year than we were last year, just based on the younger guys that are coming back and like what you could sell to some of the guys that are you know out there right now on teams that aren't doing as well. Well, I mean, the the, the word in the industry is that the portal's a lot more expensive this year. So that's what we do. that's what we just don't know. I mean, they were able to do some things in the portal last year that they, they wouldn't be able to yeah. do this time around. We'll see. You don't get fifteen, maybe you get five to seven guys, right, and fill some you know needs, right? Yeah, of course. That's what that's kind of what I'm saying, though. I mean, we just where they are as a program, are they way ahead? I I don't I don't even know, I don't even know how you put that on. I, look, they're eight and one. They're really good. They got. They, I mean, they get a free shot in two weeks against Alabama, and then they have um, two very winnable games after that. I think one that's one that's kind of has a chance to be a. I still think a chance to be a track meet, and the other one, I just think Ole Miss matches up well with State. So. But it's enjoyed tonight. I mean, you're eight and one. If if, if yeah, you'd offered if you'd offered Lane Kiffin eight and one before the season, he, without without questions. Hey, thanks for the call. Appreciate you. Yeah, go ahead. Because of the because of the AD stuff, I just think it's so bizarre to see the guy at state leave. I, I just I know you guys are still trying to kind of process it, but it just made all the sense of the world, right, for Cohen just to cruise into the sunset there and start well they didn't the, he, he, he wasn't cruising there as part of it and i'm also seeing here i had a buddy just send me the text Josh, thanks for the call uh justin hokinson who covered <laughs> hey, hold on hold, hold, hold on caller says uh, Auburn's search for an AD continues. There's very real pushback happening tonight regarding the hire of john cohen and president chris roberts is listening there from Justin Hokinson. No place is more dysfunctional than Auburn. Yeah. They they cannot get out of their own way. They are phenomenal at the first part of a coup and absolutely awful at the second part of a coup. <laughs> there is a big history of this, isn't it's, there? It, they're great at getting these schemes running now. Oh, I mean, oh, they Lord. Will, they will cut someone's head off. They're an idea program. And then it a lot comes, of ideas. Okay, well now now who, uh, who ascends to the throne? And it's like, well, we didn't think about that. Well, maybe you should have. <laughs> the head's already on the spike now, though. Yeah. It's it's hey. done. Who do we have? Hey, it's Holden in Austin. What's up, Holden? How are you? Oh, you know, a little drunk. Uh, I was split-screening the Astros and Ole Miss, and, you know, obviously a very high-stress environment. I live with three Aggie alums. Uh, not ideal. But good in the end. Uh, before anything, did y'all see the Michigan State basically mauling of the Michigan player in the locker room? Oh, no. Missed no, this. I have not seen that. Yeah, so Harbaugh talked about it in his press conference, and there's videos on Twitter of them literally mauling a Michigan player, broke his nose apparently, um, jumped another player as well. We'll find it. Yeah, I have not. I have not seen that. Because that's yeah. going to be I mean, like a three touchdown win. The video is very bad. I mean, the oh. kids on the ground against the wall in the in the tunnel, huh. and uh, they're just wailing on. I'm pretty wild. Um, besides that, I don't know if y'all have talked about it yet. Uh, the Kiffin comment after the game um, of him saying he's going to get the Joker costume from Jimbo for Halloween. It's basically gone viral at this point. I did see that. Um, 
I, at least at the end of the ESPN thing. Now I've seen nothing from Lane's actual press conference at all to this to, to this time because we've been on here, so I haven't I haven't noticed that. But so, did you watch the game with the Aggies? Oh God, yeah. Okay. And it was uh, horrible in the first half, and then really drinking tears there at the end until the A chain breakout touchdown right at the end of the game. Got a little nervous, but no. I, I was giving them shit all day for the Halloween, you know, Charlottesville torch video. And basically my understanding now, I mean, growing up, I was raised to hate A&M more than like any other school. And at this point, I just asked them, you know, y'all try and come up, you know, with traditions until you find some that you think people might think are cool. But, I mean, they never give themselves a break. Every one of them is so bad. Yeah, I just found the video here. I put it in the stream. It does, it looks terrible. It really does. It's Michigan State players beating the hell out of one Michigan player. So, not good. Yeah, I'll never understand how you have, you know, two teams, especially in a rivalry game, use the same tunnel at the same time. Well, but here's the deal. I mean, like, again, I'm not, I mean, I know nothing more than the video I just watched, but I am curious also why one Michigan player ends up in a place that no other Michigan player is in. Tells me there's at least more to this. Oh, for sure. I mean, there's no doubt he's probably chirping. Yeah. Um, but beyond that, um, you know, the defense bent but didn't completely break. Uh, great third quarter. Um, and with the old line we have, I thought Dart was an absolute warrior tonight. He ran for he, you know, he did everything he could. He had no time. You know, I saw on Twitter a lot of people asking for more deep shots, but you can't do that when you have no time. I thought he was excellent with his legs and took the shots when he could. Yeah, look, Dart runs for almost 100. He was a gamer. He was really good tonight. And then, no, defensively, there was yards everywhere. But once A&M scored their 14th point, they gave the offense a lot of time to get on track. I mean, it was a, several stops in a row there where had A&M put any points up at all, that becomes much more difficult. I thought the defense getting those three, four stops in a row, wouldn't at that point they had no confidence. They had scored – they had given up touchdowns on six consecutive drives dating back to last week at that point. And they really kind of steadied a little bit there and, and, and allowed some, some patience for Ole Miss to get things figured out on, on the offensive side of the ball. Oh, absolutely, especially going into the half. You know, the back-to-back sacks, getting them out of field goal range, and then coming into the second half and getting a stop, I mean, was massive. Okay. You good? Hey, thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Take care. Hey, who do we have? Hey guys, it's Thomas in Houston. How are you, Thomas? We're good. We're gonna not gonna keep you long because we're gonna get to Brian in a second, and I'm also trying to open this file with Lane Kiffin's press conference on it. So we got a handful of things going on. But what's up? Uh, and I apologize if this is Jeffrey or with any of the other callers. I've been trying to mute it to keep uh, keep the reverb from happening. Um, so we're just not gonna review picks in the end zone anymore. What are you talking about? With less than two minutes left. 
He was out of bounds. He was out of bounds and came back in. He, you can't go out and reestablish yourself like that. They got the call right. Okay. Yeah, that was that was pretty clear on replay. That yeah, when you once he came back, he was already catching the ball coming back into bound into play. He did not come back in and then make a football play and then catch the football, which is what it would have taken. Right. Yeah, he was he was he was basically an ineligible receiver at that point. Is Brian in Aguiland or is he somewhere else? Uh, somewhere else, I assume. Okay. We all go to Brian. Thanks, guys. Yep, Thanks for the thank call. You. Appreciate it. You can still press a call with that going on. Okay. Am I, who, am I calling him on Skype or his phone number? You need it. It's a call. Guys, give us just a minute. I'm about to make a call out with Brian. So we'll get that message in 30 seconds. Yeah, I know. What's up, Brian? How are y'all? Um, it's uh, busy. It's it's yeah, just <laughs> in, insane. And I'm trying to open a. He sent this to me in Google Drive. Okay. And I can't get it open. It's open, but I can't get it where I can play it. Like I can't get it where I can. You drive. can't download it. Nope. I deal with that at work every day. You get into the whole, like, you have to give them permission to open the file and all that. It's really just yeah, a and I'm, too he, complicated he, system for what it is. Okay, he just he, he emailed it to me plain, so let me see if I can get okay. it that way. Go ahead. So you were uh, you and I were talking about Judkins off air there a second ago. He obviously has the huge day. He goes for two and change. He's over 1,000 yards. He's one away from the touchdown rushing record. As well, he's fifth all-time in school history for a season in rushing yards. Guy that almost identified Alabama lets him out. You're working on several things. You've talked to him multiple times over the course of uh, – All right, so – Yeah, this deal. Um, What's kind of your impressions? You got a little tease here for something you're working on. Yeah, he's an interesting story because he – I went into it trying to figure out, like, was the whole, like, Auburn didn't prioritize him narrative true – but the what I ended up finding was, and credit to Cole Kubik was the first person he actually mentioned on the broadcast tonight. Was the first person I'd ever heard mention this was Pike Road was a startup program when Judkins was either in seventh or eighth grade, and so that guy I think his name is Patrick Browning was starting the program from scratch. So they're basically trying to figure out how many bodies they have, and basically all have them in what ended up being their weight room, which is like a makeshift cafeteria, what used to be an elementary school. And he sees Judkins, he's like, well, who the hell is this kid? And, you know, kind of push comes to shove that he gets about 15, 30 of them pretty motivated. And I think they went eight and five in his eighth and ninth grade year in their first year as a program. 
And Judkins ran for like eight yards to carry that season. And honestly, the biggest worry the guy had was like, oh, he's in eighth grade. Like, I have to protect his body. So I'm like, he's 14 years old. And I was like, well, yeah, how did you get them to hold off? And he was like, well, I basically brainwashed him. I told him, you know, weightlifting in that cafeteria would solve all their problems. So, you know, my first instinct was like, was this three-year letterman at, like coaching them? Who Who is this guy? But I just thought that was kind of funny. And then, you know, three years later, he turns into what he is. And it's it's really a remarkable story. I mean, they won a state championship his senior year, four years into the program, and he was a huge piece of that. And just seems like a guy that's been kind of built for it from the time he's 13, 14 years old. You can probably win a state title when he's your tailback. It goes a long way against the high school kids. Man, he's he's an amazing player. 1988, Neil would have had a hard time with Judkins uh, in the in the open field. Yeah, no, would have <laughs> gone low and prayed, <laughs> hit some ankles, and see what happens at that point. Because you don't want to hit him in the thighs because it'll hurt you. I mean, you wouldn't want to get hit in the head by his thigh when he's running. So no, no, you you, you got to go even lower than that. What'd you take a dart tonight? I thought he was awesome. I thought he masked some pretty shaky pass blocking for most of the game. Um, I hate doing the whole Matt Corral thing week after week, but it kind of had shades of that, particularly against Tennessee, um, where he just kind of willed them. I mean, that third and 11, um, where he gets the scramble, I know that that opening drive out of halftime was aided by penalties, but he really extended some drives at crucial moments in the game. Uh, a couple of the scrambles that came on third down, I was sitting there thinking, well, if you know, if they have to punt here, this could really get squirrely and get out of hand. And I thought he made three or four plays in this game that really kept Ole Miss in the game and turned that from turning in a bad way for Ole Miss. I, I thought he was really good. There wasn't a ton to be had in the passing game. I think he finished like 140 yards. And you know, a lot of that came in the short passing game, some of it behind the line of scrimmage. But I just thought, I mean, I guess he was kind of a gamer in every sense of the word. I, I thought he played really well for the hand he was dealt this game and masked a lot of old Mrs. issues, which is all you want from a 19-year-old, you know, for the lack of a better phrase, redshirt freshman. I don't know what he is classification-wise. That COVID stuff confuses me. But I thought he was pretty good and uh, a huge reason Ole Miss won the game. So back to Judkins for a second. I don't want you to give away too much of, of what's going on, but what what did that recruiting look like to why do you feel like they – that there was not more in-state push there? I think he's a smart kid who comes from a really good family and has been mature beyond his years in a lot of senses. And I think Ole Miss identified him early on in the process, was super interested in him in the process. And the, the fact that Ole, it wasn't that Auburn wasn't interested in him, I think Ole Miss showed more interest. They showed more interest early on. And from everything I've heard, he's just a guy that really values, like, commitment. And I know that sounds corny and cliche and whatever in this college football ever-changing industry, but I think he really valued that. And so even as other schools made a late push, he wasn't really having it or wasn't really hearing it a ton of it and just decided to stick with Ole Miss because they valued him more so early on in the process. And I think that that meant a lot to him. I was listening to piece of the post game show earlier. I know you guys were joking or a caller had mentioned like, you know, he could look really good in some other uniform next year. Obviously NIL is going to play a huge piece of that, but I do just think the fact that he's one happy to miss and two kind of values other people valuing him plays a bigger role than maybe a lot of kids at 17 years old when they're going through the recruitment process. Yeah, I don't think there's anything to worry about. I mean, they're going to put NIL together. They'll they'll take care of him. That's that's not going to be an issue. He's he's he just needs two more college years, and then he's he's off off to make the big money. He's got he's got big he's money a big in his guy. future. 
he's a big skateboarding kid. He and some other kid found a board shop when he was in like eighth grade and actually got sponsored and started making like YouTube videos. So I don't know what the skateboarding scene like is Oxford, Mississippi, but there could be an opportunity there. You would hope that he's not on one right now. I mean, there was I think the- they put a stop to that his senior year of high school. I think they took away his board. I don't know if you like take off the wheels. I don't really know how that works, but I think they're like, hey, can you cool it with the, the kickflip? I mean, my- Mike was letting the KZ still ride his board around campus. The missed opportunity there, if they'd been on campus at the same time, you might have had a half pipe between Vaught Hemingway and uh, Swayze Field. I'm going to guess the Ravens or the Lions or whoever put something in the contract. Feel, feel safe. <laughs> He's not going to go to the skate park and do some, some half pipes. and Over there by the old – across from the library? Yeah, no, yeah. I feel pretty confident that that's not going to be allowed. Yeah, Missing next week is he twisted an ankle on, a, on his skateboard. Not ideal. Not yeah, like, what happened? Well, I landed a 720. It just it came out came with some casualties. Yeah. So, anyway. Thank you, Brian. Yeah, absolutely. Y'all yep. have a good one. You too. I don't hate that comp. I mean, we always pick really good players when we do comps, but Le'Veon Bell's not a bad comp to Judkins. No. Top end speed's not stupid. Runs hard. Make a cut. You want to play lane now? Uh, sure. All right, let me create. I got to create a scene, as you know. How long is it? It looked like it was eight minutes. Really? Yeah. Is that all right? Oh, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's see. Oh, Hawaii's already kicked. Was it an 11 o'clock kick? Not a midnight kick? Uh, opening the file. Got to move the uh, fold folder over. Wait, that's not it. Hold. Everybody hang tight. So uh, eight and one sounds good, you know, to come on the road in front of, you know, 101,000 people, really hard place to play. Like we said all week, they have great players, and you saw a number of those guys um, show up today, make huge plays for them. Um, you know, really, we have a really cool group of players uh, to see them come together and a lot of storylines in there, um, you know, to go on the road. It's a hard place to play. They played much better at home than the road, so uh, this was very challenging. And, um, you know, said, you know, we'd like to really get back after a game off of not running great. Um, so 63 carries, 390 yards rushing, um, you know, against best players high school can provide. Uh, it's pretty impressive for our guys. Um, pretty cool day for Q. It is his 19th birthday today, so to come in here and carry the ball 34 times. Uh, for over 200 yards, pretty special by him. Questions playing after that first quarter, kind of scoring back and forth, and middle part of the second quarter into the third, the defense seemed to kind of maybe figure something out. What did y'all see, and then what kind of job maybe adjust or just get them to figure out? Uh, we got a little more basic, um, and you know we're able to stop the run a little better. Uh, we did not do that well in the first half or some in the third quarter. Uh, running back is. An elite player, you know, that obviously, you know, you can see his speed and runs 10 3. So I thought we did a better job with that and a little bit of bend don't break uh, going on. And just after last week and heading into a bye, how big was this for you guys? Uh, It was huge. I mean, this would not be, you know, a good feeling up here, uh, you know, after a good start of the season of 7 0 and then to go 0 2 and sit in a bye. I was, 
you know, buys to me always stink when you lose because you're sitting there and you can't win again. And when you win, it's kind of like, well, good. You watch half the teams uh, lose and you get healthy. So uh, this is coming at a really good time. We are not healthy. Uh, we have a lot of banged up players, uh, a lot of them that are playing out there in very limited roles, significant players. So um, it was great to have some guys step up and made some significant special teams plays. Um, really good punt there at the end, milking it and um, putting them back there. And, you know, the guys executed a fake field goal, to, or sorry, fake punt. You know, they ended up getting us a field goal. That's me, so I would tell you the same. We didn't make it. I'm not trying to take credit. Um, he's done a great job with designs, just like the onside kick that we got over in the air. Um, but no, I don't, I'm not letting them call that and not work and have to come up here. <laughs> I know it's kind of obvious getting Zach back is good, but what kind of spark did that give Yeah, he hasn't done very much and practiced at all for a couple weeks, and so to be able to do that and then he had the violent run on the sidelines uh, was really cool because that's unusual for a guy coming back from injury you know with a knee brace on to run like that so uh, that was really important and gave gave Q a little bit of rest uh, not a whole lot of it but that was really big and this is you know this is the third game two SEC games in the Georgia Tech of over 60 carries in a game you know that happened very often that's a lot of people doing things right executing you know, for almost a 400-yard game rushing. For Zach being a Texas native, I mean, how much did this game mean to him coming back to his home state for the first time since transferring to TCU? Yeah, he was excited. Still not 100%. You know, would have scored on that one run, you know, had he been. Uh, but he was excited during the week, but more today. I think this morning he just kind of woke up and fought through the injury, you know, and just kind of walked by me and winked at me, you know, when, uh, when we were in the locker room getting changed before warm-ups, like, I'm like, well, I know what that means. He's, he's, re he's ready to go today. And so that's a very efficient day. 83 plays um, with no turnovers. You know, so, you know, really good things today. Heavy in the run game. Is that something y'all saw? Or was it just Zach saying he could go beat you two guys back No, I mean, obviously there's schematical parts to it. And they played three down in the first series. And then got out of that after that series and went to four down. And so then we had to adjust more some different runs, uh, you know, which took us a little bit. They had a good little run there on defense and did a good job. Um, and again, you got to do things right. You know, you're, you're playing some of the best, best high school players ever and the best recruiting class in the history of football over there. So um, you saw some of them show up today. Quinchon's over 1,000 yards now. I am. That's very unusual to turn 19 today and be in A&M and carry ball 34 times. They're like Derrick Henry carries when he was, you know, winning a Heisman three years old or so. You know, that's that's really special. And again, taking care of the ball, you got no turnovers amongst all these guys, number of guys playing hurt. And, um, and Jackson's very competitive. You know, he made some really good plays and some scrambles today. And you know, again, there's a couple throws he would like to take back, I'm sure, that could have given us some more explosive passes, but he did a really good job. And you got guys playing a lot of snaps. I mean, 83 snaps without penalties, so it's going to be more than that. And the linemen played every one of them, and basically those four receivers played 90 of them, 90% of them probably.
as you guys were keeping the pace going, and it started having a few minor injuries, would, would you kind of just make it that stop start kind of throughout the game? I mean, I'm not going to get very far into it, but I mean, you guys saw it, whatever it was. At one point, it was eight, I think, defensive injury timeouts, all on defense. So, you know, whatever. It is what it is. There's a way around the rule, and I'm not going to say they did it, but I'm in analytics. What are the analytics of that happening? And then seeing the players like a player or two later back out there. I just didn't want them to call to, you know, the week before we threw a screen and they called downfield, which totally changed that point of the LSU game and had spent an hour on the phone with the head of officials during the week, how they communicate on the headset, the whole thing. So I'm like, all right, that's behind. He's throwing the flag. The line judge has a headset with him and he's supposed to tell him it's behind because they said it the other way last time, which they did. They officiated it right, they threw it, and then they picked it up after talking. Um, and then they reviewed it just to make it more interesting so we could celebrate again. You touched on it a little earlier here, but what would you mention to the guys after the win heading in now to the break? Get healthy, take care of yourselves. Um, you know, do a good job with academics. And, um, you know, you only got whatever three regular season games left against, you know, three really good teams in the SEC with – a lot for stake. Coach, when there is a kind of war of words between yourself and Coach Fisher and other coaches in the SEC, how does that affect your motivation heading into each week? Is that something that you personally use to kind of push yourself and the team on towards successes like tonight? Yeah, I mean, I don't give you coach speak, so yeah, that's real. I mean, most coaches say you know, say no, but yeah, that's real. And someone attacks you personally and, you know, calls you and my good buddy Coach Saban that were both clowns. Um, you know, you take that personal. So, glad we won. I guess I can be a clown for Halloween now. <laughs> it seemed like you had a, had a couple conversations with maybe an player or two. What, what was that about? I'm just having fun with them. Those kids are, you know, highly energetic and like a lot of five stars, you know. Um, Kind of fun to mess with, so it was it was all good. Anything else, Coach? Thank you. All right, guys. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Well, that was interesting. <laughs> wow. Wayne was in a good mood tonight. <laughs> it would have been in a really bad mood. Well, yes, it was going to swing. It, it was going to be a zero or a 100 wow. there. There was, no, there was no way the press conference was going to be a 48 on the zero to 100 today. Wow. Yeah, there's. I mean, it's not subtle. No, and he was asked about it, and he gave the... He gave, if you're going to do it, he gave the answer, which is, no, it's it's personal. Essentially, he, he, I took it personally, called me a clown, so I guess I can be one for Halloween. Okay. He didn't do the whole coach speak, oh, no, we get along, everything's fine. No, no, no. This isn't professional wrestling. We don't like one another. Wow. That's, that's a lot to digest. I will, I will take that audio, and that will be half of 10 Thoughts tomorrow. I'll get up in the morning it was, with a cup of coffee and it was, kind of dissect it was, some of that. It was shot, shot, shot. Make fun of the officials, shot. Well, shot. He, 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 but he, what he said was the way he, they had a play at LSU that it was a Chad, not Chad, a Casey Kelly penalty. And he felt like the penalty was called incorrectly. And so he spent a week, I mean, an hour on the phone this week with the officials. Hey, how, how do you call that? What happened? Here's what we're doing. And then when they ran it again, he actually complimented them. They got it right. They conversed about it. They did it the right way, the way that they said they would do it. Then he had the thing about the reviews, which is, I'm with him on that. Sometimes I think the reviews are just unnecessary. There are too many. It's it, it's crutch instead of tool. Over and over and over and over again. But I'm I'm good with that. I'm again. I I see where our colleague and I use that term loosely. Mark Passwaters is ripping the officials and begging for people to get kicked out and stuff. I actually thought the official the officials officiated a good game. It's not Ole Miss's fault that they called a penalty where the guy grabbed Jackson Dark's face mask and turned his head sideways. It is a penalty. That's a penalty. Don't do it, and you get the ball back. You, you were going to get a stop there. And, and frankly, both of the third down pass interference calls were good. Yeah. The pass interference call against Ole Miss was pass interference. It absolutely was. I think it was AJ. Yeah. Grabbed him from behind. He had him hooked from behind. That's interference. They called it. I thought they called a good game. There certainly was no agenda from the officiating crew in that game. They did the best. They're going to miss calls. They're not NFL referees. 
they're going to miss calls. I didn't think they missed many. Did they miss a hold here and a hold there? Of course, sure. And that's going to happen. But I thought they called a good game. All right, I'm going to reopen Skype. We had to shut Skype down because otherwise it was just going to be No one would have heard It was just going to be bizarre. Uh, you got to admit, I've come a long way technologically, huh? You handled that well. <laughs> Handle that. It was, that was, got, got a little dicey there for a second. Well, I was right, by the way. The way he was sending it, I wasn't going to be able okay. to get to it. It was one of those permission things, and yeah, yeah, I yeah. didn't have the code. All right, let's see. I'll open that back up. All right, the phone number is... Uh, I'll get that to you. So he just he had to send it to me as a regular MP4. He was afraid that the file was so big that it wouldn't email, but, it, but it did. Okay. All right, there's the number, 662-259-8563. We'll take your calls now. Lots of shots. Man, bunch of shots. Where do you think Saban falls on the hating Jimbo? Oh, he hates him. And think it's personal there, too. Yeah. Because Lane kind of said that. He said, hey, you know. Yeah, he hates Do it him. to me and Nick and or whatever he called Saban. Uh, did Igben Osen play? Yeah, he played. Hey, who do we have? This is Casey from Natchez. How are y'all doing? Casey, good. good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, two questions. I was in the first half. I texted my friend who was there, uh, Tyler. He said, I think at the time it was the middle of the second quarter, A-Chain had 111 rushing yards. Well, they finished the entire game with 142. I think A-Chain had like 138 or something like that. Did we just scheme them differently, or did Jimbo just quit trying to run the ball? A little bit of both. Ole Miss added an extra guy. They moved somebody up. They didn't exactly spy A-Chain, but they – they did a better job on him early in the game. I thought they they did too much, too good. They didn't do a good job at all, kind of letting him loose because you know A and M was moving him around. A and M put him in the slide on the second or third play of the game, threw out there to him, and he's all they have at the running back position. That's it. Whatever they get is is, is a chain. Um, I mean, talk about talk about you know depth. A and M doesn't have it there, and they only had twenty seven yards rushing the entire second half. That was. Because Ole Miss got up by two scores, they started throwing the ball, and it was Ole Miss stopped them on a couple drives there early in the second half. And I did think Jimbo got out of rhythm and sort of panicked a little bit at that point. Um, Ole Miss had the big long drive, held the ball. It just from a from a rhythm standpoint, it kind of went sideways on A and M for a little while right there. So it was it was stopping him, but it was also they that they did abandon and, and put the ball in Wigman's hand and see what would happen at that point. Yeah, I guess it's always a little bit of both. But uh, and then the second question, and I, y'all may have mentioned it. I, I came in on earlier or not, but did I see Mingo play tight end? You did hand hand in the ground several times. Yes, they they okay. they, they, they schemed that up. Kelly played very few snaps to the best of my knowledge. They played four wide receivers in a four receiver set, and they didn't did not rotate. Mm-hmm. They played all four. That's I mean, if you're looking for a story, that's the scary part is that this team is like an injury in the receiving core away from I don't know what they I don't know what they would do depending on what Triggs situation is 
Yeah, and I, th- I mean, obviously having Evans helps, but with the way we scheme things, the way we open things up and move people around in motion, it really is, is super important to have our people. So apparently tight end. Ke- Ke- Kelly made a great catch there. I know he didn't play much, but at least he, he made a good play there. Well, look, that's all I got. Uh, appreciate the content, y'all. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Casey. Yeah, I'm not sure that Kelly played more than like five plays. Mm-hmm. I didn't see Heath. Did you? He played. Okay. Yeah, because he had a catch there at the end. Oh, he was on the yeah. field a lot. They yeah. just didn't go to him. Yeah. I think, if anything, he was kind of a decoy. Mm-hmm. Uh, is Trigg coming back? We have we, no we, update. No, no way to know. Lane hopes he plays. Yeah. What's up, Jared? Hello, how's it going? Good, how are you? Doing fine. Oh, I thought I had you guys muted on that thing, but I didn't. Um, hey, just real quick, does the number, like, change every week now? Because I used to have it, like, saved on my phone, and now it seems like it's always a different one. Uh, it's been... <clears throat> since the national title game. Yeah, it's been this one... Uh, I don't know whether it's this one when Chase does the show. Say now, yeah, let's see, that's the catch, is I have a different number. Ah, okay, that must be it. Got yeah. it. All right. Um, okay, so before I, – I, so I have a, a critical comment, but before before I say that, like, the coaches did a great job. We schemed everything up with a depleted team and and found a way to win, which which is awesome. So so it's, it's kind of like Lane says, like, you know, hey, like, it's good to be critical after a win. So something that was really frustrating – and I, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it hasn't bitten them, bitten them since maybe all the way back to Auburn in 2020. But it seems like I can't remember a time when they were able to successfully run like a four-minute drill to close out the game on offense instead of having to rely on the defense to make a stop at the end of the game. Um, it's about the end of the game tonight? He, the big thing tonight was make, make them use their timeouts and then punt the ball away successfully. I actually thought they were pretty successful with that. They burned all three timeouts, and then um, the punter had a 60-yard punt that pinned them down at the eight. That was that was it. Right. right, but what I was saying is if you get a first down there, the game is over. Well, yeah, if you get a and, first down there, but you don't throw the ball there. Well, no, 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 yeah. And I'm, I'm not saying that that's what they should do, but it seems, I guess – like I'm that game and Tennessee last year comes to mind. I think maybe Kentucky this year. It seems like, and maybe it's just because they're good. They're everybody knows they're going to run. You think it's just because everybody knows we're going to run the ball three times, so they're just content to do that and then and then play defense is why they can never seem to do it. Or yeah, you're not going to take a risk there, and everybody's putting seven eight in the box or whatever they're doing to try to to try to stop that. I mean, they're basically daring you to throw, and if you get it, then great, you win the game. But nobody wants right. to really take that chance. Yeah, I mean, running the, running the ball three times is the right move. Absolutely, I guess. I, I don't know, um, man. It, just, it would certainly save me a lot of stress if they could get a first down. But uh, I mean, they they win, you know, most of them. So I guess it doesn't really matter. Um, before I let you go, hey Neil. So if uh, somehow Air Force ends up in the Famous Idaho Potato Bowl. Could I possibly sponsor some attire for you and or Mr. Siski? Yeah, we'll work something out if, if it comes to that. We'll figure it out. 
All right, guys. All right. Good. Well, you know, good to see you on the show tonight. Um, y'all have a good one. Thanks, Jared. All right, see ya. There's the number again, 662-259-8563. How are they handling it uh, on Tex-Ags? Uh, I haven't been to Tex-Ags. I was on Aggie Yale right now looking around. Um, not not well. Not well at all. Um, Aggie Yale's having a hard time. They are. They think the game was lost on the the uh, rough in the passer because he didn't look right after that. A lot of, lot of talk about that. Um, oh, I thought he. I thought he fine. played okay after that. Yeah, like that was another one where they got it right because live it looked like targeting. They reviewed it and said it wasn't targeting. I was cool with that. Hey, who do we have? Oh, it's Bobbin. Hey, Bobbin, what's up, man? All right. Most important question: How did Carson do Thursday night? Uh, he played really well. They won uh, two to one. They played a really good DeSoto team, um, real uh, kind of an older team, real physical. They pressed a lot, so it was it was a little bit of a wake up call. But um, he played really well. He played just about the whole game. Started probably played I don't know seventy of the eighty minutes. He was he was pretty he was pretty wired up after that was over. It took I think he was about so one, he about he's got to figure it out conditioning wise. He's ready to go. Um, I think he, he'll be more ready the next time, but he was pretty ready. He played really well. All right. Well, hell yeah. That's, that's the most important question. I, uh, I think I just got really hardcore hit on by a Cougar and she was actually very attractive. Oh yeah. So why are you talking to us? Yeah. I mean, uh, cause she had to dip out. She, she. She lives in the other town. So I live in Bay St. Louis now. She lives in Bash Christian and she was like, I gotta go, but leave me your number and I'll text you. And sure enough, she did text me. Oh, well there you go. Yeah. So I you know, two dubs tonight is not bad. <laughs> no. I mean, am I wrong? No, no, no. Twenty seven year old single guy, am I wrong? Well or, you say Cougar, give me an age range. She was forty two. Oh. Okay. Okay. That's interesting. I'd like to hear the follow up. I on mean, that. when I went to, huh? I said I wouldn't mind hearing the follow up on that. Oh, I'll do it. Yeah, I'll absolutely follow up on it. I mean, yeah. All right, so it's a hold on. It's a little bit of an interesting thing when you just define the cougar as basically close to my age at this point. Like, it's a little bit of a little bit of a thing I'm having now here for a second. <laughs> you having a moment? Yeah, a little bit. I turned thirty nine in, in like a month and I'm like, hmm. Okay. All, All right. right. Well, I mean I mean it was awkward for me. But I've got one of those weird new I've got an unorthodox family. I have an older sibling that's twelve years older than me, so I really don't even think about it like that. But yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do that. No, you're either. all good. Go but, ahead. You're all good. Or 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 we you know, I'm sorry, Chase. That's my bad. No, I mean, we're good. Go ahead. We're, I mean, we're, we're imagine, fine. Imagine how I feel. <laughs> I mean, I mean, my ego is long gone now. <laughs> All right. So, so is Judkins on pace to be the best running back Ole Miss has ever had? Statistically, yes. He's on pace for damn sure. Yes. I mean, let's let's be real. I mean, look. Now, I, I haven't covered – I'm not an Ole Miss historian, 
Are you having a hard time comparing him to K.O. Dotley? But the only other running back that I can remember wearing an Ole Miss uniform who's in this category is Deuce McAllister. And statistically, it's got a chance to be – has a chance. I mean, he, he, he reminds me more of NFL people than he does anything else. I mean, I've got it up right so, here real quick. I mean, I've got it up. It's 100-yard games career. Deuce, 14. Joe Gunn, 12. Deuce Innocent, 10. And then wherever, like Ben Jarvis, John Avery, K.O. Dotley at 9. Touchdowns, Dotley at 14. Judkins is already at 13. He's got at least four games left, no matter what. Um, season yards, it's K.O. Dotley at 13-12. McCluster at eleven sixty nine, Ben Jarvis at eleven thirty seven, Deuce at ten eighty two, and now Judkins at ten thirty six or whatever it ended up. Yeah, being. I mean that's nothing, it. Nothing against Dexter, but he's better than Dexter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's better than Ben Jarvis. Yeah. Well, it's not a knock on Dexter, but he's a completely different running back. Yeah, I mean he is. Yeah, and but, but I mean yeah, I mean yeah, that's not really even a knock on Dexter. Yeah. Like, it's just they're two completely different players. You had to scheme Dexter. You, know? you don't have to scheme him. You can just give him the ball. I mean, this is – look, they, they like Lane said, they they got some efficient use out of Evans tonight. But this is two weeks in a row on the road in the SEC as a essentially an eight – a college freshman that he's gone on the road in the SEC and just been handed the ball and said, carry us. There aren't many cats who can do that. Oh, just the dude. No, I mean, I mean just there just aren't. I mean, he's he's. Uh, it, so here, here's my thing, and this is you know, all right. So I have one of my best friends. He's a high school football coach, and he's a big LSU guy. So he does not like to give Ole Miss credit on anything. But he told me he said, "Dude, that guy looks like little baby freshman vibes of Saquon Barkley." I've heard other people drop. I've I've heard other people drop the Barkley comparison. I've I've heard I've heard that one a few times from football people that are like NFL type people. I can tell you that NFL people are already he's already all over their radar. Gushing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, I mean, they love him. What they see. I mean, you know, it's they're if anything, they're probably a little worried about the the wear and tear on on the tires a little bit. But he seems to get. And Zach Evans has said this two or three times. He seems to get better the, the as the game goes on, and the more he gets hit, the better he plays. F-A-U-B-E-A-B. Yeah, I just, wow, that's an upset. He's – I don't know if – I mean, look, I think I told Chase this a couple of weeks ago. I've been religiously following almost football since 2008. I don't think they've had a running back like him ever since 2008. I mean, they had Dexter – Look, they had Jalen Walton. Jalen Walton was awesome. They had Jordan Wilkins. Jordan Wilkins was awesome. You know, Scotty Phillips was good. Snoop, Jerrion Ely. I mean, these are guys that were – Yeah, but none of these guys you know, are in Snoop's that ballpark. Snoop's on the NFL roster. Jerrion Ely's, you know, flirting with an NFL roster. But, I mean, no. as a freshman, no. this is the most advanced kid I think I've ever seen. Yeah, he's better as, a, that he's better as a freshman than any of those guys ever were at any point in their college careers. So my next question is this. So they're eight and one right now. I don't think they're gonna beat Alabama, 
I don't think they're going to beat Arkansas. I think they should beat Mississippi State just based off. Why are we? Why are we? Now. Why are we saying they're not beating Arkansas? I mean, I mean, look, I think Arkansas is going to going to put up a bunch of points against Ole Miss. I think that's pretty obvious. But to me, there, there's you, every, there's every right, sign that Ole Miss is going to score a bunch think, of points too. Do you, do you think Ole Miss on the road in Fayetteville could put up forty on the road yeah, against this sure. Arkansas team? Sure. And they'll probably have to. I don't. No, they're absolutely going to have to. Because, look, I watched this Auburn-Arkansas game this morning, and KJ's just a dog, man. And they have, what, their running backs that leads the league in rushing yardage. I just yeah, no, it'll I don't be, think it's a good match. It'll be the two best running backs in the league going against each other. Uh, Sanders is terrific. I mean, I, I told Jeffrey earlier today, I think he's the most underrated player in the league. Nobody talks about him because Jefferson gets so much of the attention. But he's a... He, he's in the elite back. Uh, he's he's extremely good, and they have a bunch of other guys. And um, KJ throws the ball better than he gets credit for. And uh, much like Ole Miss, they have an offensive line unit that plays the whole game, and those guys are really good. But defensively, they, they are they are remarkably flawed. Uh, and that's even getting some guys back and healthy. Um, they 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 had some moments today against Auburn where they did a few things well. And they got out of there, and they dominated the game, and that's to their credit, and they won, and I think they'll beat Liberty, and I won't be shocked if they beat LSU up there. But um, no. Oh, you, th- you think they have a really good shot at beating LSU? I think they have a shot at beating everybody left on their schedule. I mean, they've, they've, they've played a very difficult schedule. But the, the – the, the, and I hear this, people starting to do this, well, Ole Miss is going to lose up there. Ole Miss could lose up there, but I, I think Ole Miss could very easily win up there as well. I'm with you on Alabama. I mean, by the way, I think I think beating Alabama is going to yeah, be very difficult. I, uh, Neil, I mean, I mean, you guys can correct me if I'm wrong. The way Alabama as a team looks right now, I, from a matchup standpoint, I think it's just not a good matchup. Well, they can do everything. They can throw it. They can they can run it. They can run it with different people, and then they they have those two edge guys, Anderson and Turner, that are just going to give Ole Miss mm-hmm. problems. They're they're, they're that's that's not something that they're going to be able to scheme their way through. That's that's going to create issues. Which kind of leads me to what I kind of want to talk about going forward. And, I mean, look, we still have four games left. This is probably premature. But, you know, I don't think Partridge, you know, he's getting a lot of heat right now, but I think his job's safe. If they run that defense going forward, and look, I, who is Ole Miss losing next year? They're losing Zach Evans, Jonathan Mingo. They're losing a couple offensive linemen. They'll probably Broker. You know, Although what do you the, think going for? Because look, Neil, I think both of you guys pointed this out a pretty good amount. This is a very young team, and they brought in a lot of transfer guys. So it's kind of weird. Even nine weeks into end of a season, it's kind of a lot of new pieces. What do you think? Like the next step, if this team goes nine and three, ten and two, what what do you think they have to address immediately? I mean, I just think we're in a different era of college football where you just you just jump into the portal and you address what you what you find out needs to be addressed. And they, obviously, they've got to get better linebacker play. They've got to add some Wide offensive linemen. They've got to add receivers because that's been a total whiff from a recruiting standpoint. 
Oh my um, God! Yeah, it's, it's bad. It's then, bad. I don't know. I mean, and, what's what's left? I mean, the next step if if they win nine games this year or ten games this year or whatever, the next step is making it, competing for a championship. But look, if there were a twelve team playoff, they would be in, in the mix. They would be right on the cusp of it right now. Hell, they might be in it right, right now. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Last thing. Uh, who's the next head football coach at Auburn? If you gun your head right now, uh, Kevin Steele, Jeff Grimes. So you, so you all think they do the Auburn way thing one hundred percent, and it's not freeze. Obviously, it's not going to be freeze. I don't think. But, it, I don't think it's freeze, and and uh, yeah, I, I just don't know. I mean, the whole AD thing's weird, and I mean, it, it, if what Justin Hokinson is reporting is even remotely accurate, then it's about to get really weird because if you're John Cohen and they take the offer off the table, you can't go back to state. That's the problem. No. I mean, you can, but you're you're not going to last long. Can y'all correct me if I'm wrong? Because, look, I have friends that are big Mississippi State fans. I don't think John Cohen was necessarily beloved at Mississippi State. No, he was. I don't think he was at all. As someone told me today, he was falling forward. Yeah. They compared it to Ross that's, Bjork getting out of Ole Miss. He's catching heat in baseball, that's, in that's basketball, exactly and football. That's what I was about to say. It was the same thing, you know. Ross, there was so much heat on him, and he just fell forward. Yeah, you know, yeah. and got up. I mean, I'm not trying to make this an Ole Miss versus A and M thing, but it's a better job, you know. And like, I mean, that's just crazy to me. But I don't know. It's it's gonna be interesting. But all right, guys, I appreciate y'all taking the call. Later. Thank you. All right. Thank y'all. Hey, who do we have? Uh, Colin. Hey, Colin, what's up? Uh, I was wondering, um, could I, or I was going to ask Neil and Chase a question. Go yes, ahead. You're talking to us. Oh, wait, I am? Yep. Yes. Oh, my God. Uh, I, I just want to say I love the show. Thank I watch you. it all the time. Appreciate that. I'm subscribed. I uh um I'm just wondering um what 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 do you guys think next year how how Ole Miss <laughs> is gonna be? <laughs> I mean I, I I have no idea. I mean I, there's no way to even remotely have any clue as to who's staying, who's leaving, who's going to be in the portal. You just thought last year's portal was a lot. This year's portal is times 10. Yeah. I mean, every damn body is going to be in the portal. I mean, you might, you're you basically redoing your roster. Who knows? It, it, it's going to be a mess. I mean, it's going to be good for business. It's going to be a mess. What do you think, Colin? It's kind of, I'm like watching you guys at the same time as I'm talking to you right now. So it's kind of weird because it's like off by a second. About 35. But I think we're going to be pretty good. I think we're going to be pretty good uh, next year. Um, Especially with Jackson Dart with the year end. Um, Judkins. Hopefully. I mean, with Judkins too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Quinchon's not draft eligible, so he'll, he'll, he'll have to come back. I was telling my my buddies, uh, him, Sean, Judkins. Mm-hmm. Oh, him, Sean. Yes, yeah. he's 
him, Sean, he's he he's so good. Like he's. Have you been drinking tonight, or just doing doing some other stuff? I have. Yeah, both. I put I I, I put a hundred forty five dollars on Ole Miss. I got him at minus three though. Yeah. Right before kickoff, so I. So you pushed. You just lost the I, juice. Uh, you lost fourteen bucks. You lost fourteen. It was a push. Yeah, it's it okay. a push. You so. just lost the juice. That's okay. Wish I got. Wish I got minus two, but. Yeah, it'd be a big difference. It'd be a hundred and thirty-one dollars difference. Anything else, Colin? That's it. That's it. All right, buddy. Thank, Thank you me. so much. <laughs> <laughs> who, who do we have? Hey. Hello. Hello, who's this? This is Jason. Hey, Jason, what's up? Man, I'm just trying to get on the show, brother. You're on. All right, man. So, so you know, I've listened to a, a, a lot of different folks this evening. And first and foremost, I want to tell Neil, I want to tell Chase, uh, I just want to tell y'all I appreciate what y'all do because you know what you're not homers like a lot of the different sites that are out there supporting Ole Miss, and I really appreciate you guys. So, um, but with that being said, so like I've had callers and they're they're listening, and they're talking about next year. You know, in today's college football, next year you never know what's going to happen with this transfer portal and what's going on. You don't even know who's going to be on your team or who you're going to get. So we're eight and one right now, right? So here's the thing: we've got a bye week and we're going into Alabama. I don't think we can beat Alabama. I don't think we're talented as them. But if we do, where are we at? So. We still have an opportunity to end up this season as 10-2 and two with a great job with, a, in my opinion, a poor defense with a bad defensive coordinator. I, I mean, my point is today in college football, what do we – I mean, what do, how do we judge teams? By winning and losing. Some of you have always judged teams, and your team is – Ten and three plus eight and one is eighteen and four in your last twenty-two, and there aren't that many teams that can say that. Obviously, Alabama can say that, and Georgia can say that, and Ohio State can say that, and Michigan can say that, um, and Oklahoma State can say that. Oklahoma State's in that ballpark, although they took one on the chin today. My God! Uh, and then there's a couple right. others that it are is. you know. I, I, listen, you know. Listen, I'm not saying that I like uh, take bets people or anything i'm definitely not saying that right here but i I do know this everybody that would if i did take bets was on the other side of that so that was a crazy game uh college football in 2022 is a a madhouse it's it's wild well yeah i mean look at at the team that Ole Miss just played i mean jimbo's gonna have to spend all jimbo jokes aside he's going to have to spend a lot of time recruiting the guys that he just recruited to stay Mm-hmm. Absolutely, because you know NIL, and, and you're not happy there because everybody's going to come up after you. If you don't think that people are in their ears right now, and definitely in the off season, 
and saying, hey, check this out. You can come and help our team. We're going to give you the same amount of money that you're grabbing right now, but you've got opportunity to play for the SEC championship or the Big Ten championship or whatever. This is a, just a different world that we're living in right now. That is true. Yeah, enjoy the wins and worry about next year when it gets here. That's the answer to this. That, Period. That's that's exactly what I'm saying because you know what? Here's the thing: we just went on the road and won. And anytime you go on the road in the SEC and you win a game, that is an accomplishment. I don't care if it's uh, you look at Missouri today. They go to South Carolina and they beat the absolute crap out of them on both sides of the ball. Offense, defense, special teams, they won on the road. Anytime you can win a game on the road in the SEC, it's important. I don't care how how your season's going. That's just a tough accomplishment anytime. Hey, thanks for the call. Appreciate you, Jason. All right. Y'all have a great evening. Appreciate what you guys do. Thank you. I'll tell you Brad called in last week. From no. Ayuka. Oh, no. I didn't yeah, know that. he did. It was the one-year anniversary of the call. Oh. How's everything going? Still with... married. Yeah. Yeah. Going okay. Yeah. That was that was, that was crazy. No one's disappeared yet. <laughs> we have uh, two games on. UCLA's beating the absolute hell out of whoever they're playing. Who are they playing? Stanford, 38-6. to six. San Diego State had a little uh, comeback they were working on. But they just uh, quarterback severely underthrew the ball. Got picked. So San Diego State looks like they're going to hold on there. UCLA is having a good year. Pretty good. What games did you watch today? I watched basically all of Auburn and Arkansas. Even when it wasn't even a game anymore, I just kind of still had it on. I don't know why. Watched a decent amount of Penn State, Ohio State. Yeah. Flipped over there for a little while. And then the very end of TCU, West Virginia, when West Virginia was trying to come yeah, back. I was pissed. Hey, who do we have? Hey, you know, it's Sterling. What's up, How are Sterling? you guys doing? We're good. How are you? Man, I'm good. Uh, you guys do a great job. Just want to ask a quick question. I don't think you guys have seen the video of Cole interviewing uh, Lane after the game, but it was clearly a plant, and I'd like to see y'all's input on that once y'all see the video. You talk about right there on the field? Yeah, so uh, Cole was like laughing before he even asked Lane the question, and he says, do you have a Halloween costume? And Lane says, yeah, maybe Jimbo has a Joker outfit that I can wear. Yeah. And it just seems plant so i'd love to see y'all's input on that um i would be surprised if it were a plant really yeah i don't i don't think cole, i don't think cole knew the answer that was coming yeah to that. I, I think he had to kill an extra 10 seconds and he was trying to kill 10 seconds agreed um well he he, he did it well he did it well because it was fantastic yeah I love, uh, you guys, oh, go ahead go ahead say lane is really good also at answering what he wants to say and finding a way to get it into any question. And Cole did give him something on a tee to do that for. He was Lane walked into that interview with a, with a chance if he could get it to take a shot at that point and, and did so real quick, Absolutely. real quick. Thanks to uh, Daniel Barfield for the super chat. Thanks also to Mark Marco for the super chat. 
Um, let's see. I'm, there's one other. Holden, thank you for the super chat. Does Ross get fired before Jimbo? No, because Ross didn't. No. Ross didn't do anything. Ross did what they wanted him to do. I mean, he didn't. He didn't give him eighty, ninety, whatever million unauthorized. And Woodward had already given him seventy-five. Yeah. So no. Hey, one thing I want to say before I let you before I hang up, uh, Chase. The book is great. My dad and I both cried reading it. Uh, any, any uh, no, we don't have to worry about TJ in the portal, right? No, no, no. You're good. Yeah, they. Uh, I, there was a little bit of that, but then with everything else has happened since then, um, it was already cleared up by then anyway. But especially with everything since then, no, he's a uh, he's back next year. He'll definitely be playing, and I would assume back in center. All good. Well, it's a great book. It's a great book, man. We Thank enjoyed you. it. Appreciate that. Oh, Chet says Cole's already confirmed it was a plant. Really? I'm surprised. Okay. No, well, I'm surprised. Now, I would be curious on, hey, ask me what I'm wearing my Halloween, not I know what's coming and I'm going to take it. You know what I mean? There's, yeah. there's all a difference there, too. Yeah. I mean, I'm just surprised. That's all. Hey, who do we have? Where? I'm sorry? Sorry? Hello, this is Claire. Hey, Claire, what's up? Hey, I I just want to know, like, why can't we just be happy we won? Why we just can't be happy that what? That they won. Oh, okay. That we won. Yeah, I, I don't know, Claire. I mean, I think I think there are people that they have to always look ahead. You know, they have a hard time living in the moment. Being happy where their we feet, being happy where their feet are. Accomplished. Yeah, we've already accomplished it. It's infuriating. It really is. There is a segment that certainly is well, and, and like I said earlier, it's also hey, and and I get it in a way because it's if you play like this, you might not win the next one. It's always worried about the next one, but that that record is that record. I mean, Ole Miss has not been eight and one since the early sixties. So, yeah, take a breath. Be day and M. Enjoy the night. Worry about next week when next week gets here. And, Pelly, you got an off week. Celebrate the damn thing for 12 days if you want to. Well, I agree, but. Yeah. Did you graduate from ULM? I did uh, graduate from ULM. So, I, oh. I understand Harvard oh, yeah. on the Bayou. Yeah. I do understand that. I live in Oxford, and I'm a nurse practitioner, and I love you guys. So much, but I know football, and I know that you probably don't have what it takes this year, maybe, but we are going to be great eventually with Lane if he stays, right? When you say don't have what it takes this year to do what? Win the whole thing. To win the whole thing? Yeah. Win the whole thing. I'm just curious. Well, I would like for us to beat Alabama and... Like be on, you know, sure. but I don't think we have the de- defense to do it. it. It would be really hard. I mean, I think a lot of things would have to go your way. But look, it's football, and sometimes, sometimes crazy stuff happens. That's why you. That's why they play the games. I mean, most of the time, crazy stuff doesn't happen, but occasionally it does. And you give you get a chance. Look, we don't. Here's the thing about Alabama, right? They've got they've got a quarterback who's playing with an injury in Bryce Young. And I'm certainly not hoping for anyone to get hurt because that would suck because he's, he's, a, he's a great young player. But they've got to go to LSU and play. That atmosphere down there next Saturday night is going to be nuts. 
and they've got. I'm group. hoping it's brutal. Oh, I'm hoping actually people die. So that's that. Wow. Wow. I'm a hardcore. Claire, Claire, that's that's really hardcore. You don't want anybody to perish in the football well, game. It's not that big of a deal. If it's for the game, right? I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know, Claire. I I can't I can't advocate that. I don't I don't want I don't like it when anybody gets hurt. So I certainly don't want anybody to get that hurt. <laughs> Okay. I'm a kinder, right. so I'm a kinder gentler person than that. I'm just saying, LSU, uh, Alabama's got to go play a hard game. So you don't know what, what their situation will be coming out of that game in, in Baton Rouge. So, well, it's very hopeful. Did you water ski any when you were at ULM? Yeah, were you a skier? No, um, I was a nurse. Where are you from originally? Austin, Texas. Oh, okay. Oh, so you, wow. you went to see, yeah. did you ever, you never got out, out on Bayou to see her and went skiing or anything like that? Well, I went, um, like tubing. Yeah. That's close. I'm not like a hot skier, if that's what you're asking. Yeah. Do you ever go to, like, did you ever I, go to I, Cormier's I on, and get crawfish? I've, I've been out on the Bayou. Did you ever go I've to Cormier's? I've on the library thing. Did you ever go to Cormier's and get crawfish or that kind of stuff? I don't know if I went to. I don't know if I went there. Okay. I don't know. It was two thousand one. Yeah. Perhaps. Yeah, they were still there. They're, so still, they're I guess still going that now. Maybe, yeah. But but I really did live there. I mean, I went by the seared and the the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. The whole thing about yeah. ULM. Yeah. I I graduated from nursing school there, summa cum laude, and. So I am like I watch Neil because I love that he is from there. Yeah, yeah, we got lots of roots there. Lots of people in my family went to ULM. Mm. T- tons, uncles, aunts, parents, lots of people. All right, Claire. Listen. Who are you? <laughs> what? Who Who are you exactly? Are you Neil? Yes. Oh my gosh! Seriously? Okay, Neil. Honestly, I didn't. I thought I was talking to a screener or something. No, from no, Austin. no. You've been going no. the whole okay. time. Okay. So I really know a lot about football, and if you'll let me on, I'll be really good. So okay. So now that I know I'm talking to you, it's gonna get real. Okay, go ahead. I'm interested now. Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So I um went. To nursing school in ULM at two in two thousand to two thousand four. When were you there? I think we're about the same age. No, unfortunately, I'm a little older than that. Um, I was there ninety three, ninety four. Oh, when it really was like a broken down junior high school. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's what I mean, it looked like. I mean, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm telling the truth, dude. Right? So I was there in 2000 to go to nursing school. It's a long story. If you want to know more, you can contact me. But anyways, so I was really awesome there. And I had a lesbian relationship. It was great. And so I know what it's like to be, like, honestly at ULM. It's like a thing. Right? What do you mean? 
it's a thing. It's like you're there. It's sort of like a junior high, but it's not. And there's financial assistance for people. And then, but it's good, like for pharmacy and nursing. Oh my God. You know what I mean? Yeah. I can't believe that. Yeah, it's good. It's good for pharmacy. My husband made me call you, by the way. No, I do not know you. <laughs> well, I need to talk to Neil. Like literally, dude, I watch you, and I'm like, yeah, he's been there. He's been in that. Yeah, he's been at Harvard on the Bayou. Yep. What's the pizza place show up? Johnny's. Is that is that is that in Monroe? Oh my it's, god! Isn't that like? Isn't that like shut down? I don't think so. I think they're still going. Is the Mexican oh, restaurant you oh, worked at still good. there? No, it's gone. That's good. It was gone? It's gone. Was it gone by 2000 when Claire so got I'm there? So I'm really talking uh, with Neil and Chase? You absolutely are. Cuckoo's might have still been oh going God, by there. Was Cuckoo's there when you were there? Oh, Chase, your book. I'm yeah. going wa- to watch it. I'm going to so read it. Thank okay, you. What Appreciate a that. Yes, you did. Thank you for congratulating Chase on the book. Yeah, thank you. So anyways, I would be your a good guest for you. Just pencil my number in. <laughs> right. oh my God. We'll, we'll, we'll remember that, Claire. And listen, if the... Uh, say, don't say it on air, yeah, please. Yeah, just, don't, yeah, do don't, yeah, don't, yeah. Don't say what on air? Don't put, don't say your I number on air. Y'all, yeah. y'all, come on. All right, Claire, enjoy the rest of your evening. Hey, real quick, what, yeah. what, what, what were we drinking tonight? Um, what was the bourbon? Four so four roses. But okay. listen, there's another one we cannot get, and it is what is it? Bu- Buffalo Trace. something. Buffalo Trace will know. Buffalo Trace. Yeah. Yes, Buffalo Trace can't get it. Ask Chase. They'll know. You can. I mean, you can find oh it. Still. Get Buffalo Trace. Well, we're gonna try to order it anyway. I will not okay. take up more of your time. I'm really classy girl. I'm a good girl. I'm a ULM girl. Mm. Um, what are we Indians or like we're the, something else? We're the Warhawks. We, were the we, we used to be the Indians. The what Warhawks. is a Rohawk? A war, war, okay, Warhawk. So you got to go, and I'm not going to keep yeah. you anymore. Okay. But if I call again, I will be more composed. Okay. All okay, good. Claire, thank please you. do. Okay. What? I said, please call again. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Oh, Bye. Bye. <laughs> Twelve thirty four a.m. Can you hand raise just guys a, tonight? Just a nor- be a normal night in Monroe. The bar, the the Mexican restaurant will be closing in twenty five minutes or so. Yeah, right? one o'clock. Yeah, be closing in twenty five minutes. Be clocking out so that I could drink while we clean. That was always the deal. Yeah. San Diego State twenty eight, oh. Fresno State seventeen. The Aztecs. Eric Winters alma mater and. Fresno, Neil's worst worst rope work trip he's ever taken. Scary. He ate the chilies. That was the highlight of the road trip. Yeah. <clears throat> he had to walk to the chili though. Yeah. Walk there, walk back. Yeah. But the, actually in there was was, was good. Whew, that was a good call. Yeah. It'd be hard to beat that one. Yeah, deep breath. Lizard lady says deep breath. That's right. Uh, Holden, I mean, look, the Astros are very, very good. Um, I expect them to win. I think I picked them in six. I still find them a little grimy. I'm having a hard time getting past that from their past tr- transgressions. Yeah. 
I catch and what that. sucks about it is they're a really fun team if you're not doing that. Like they're yeah. I, like I like Verlander. Like they're kind of fun. Yeah. But I'm having a hard time completely getting getting around that. So yeah. All right. Let's see. I need to put the phone line back up. There it is. Six six two two five nine eight five six three. Yeah. If you had a bingo, that's all over the place. Uh, did tonight feel similar to the Tennessee game from last year? Last year was more of an escape. Yeah. That was a <sighs> more. Yeah, that was uh, – and also that game was meaner. Like, I didn't gather – the two coaches had something, but, like, when that game in Knoxville last year, there was 100,000 people that wanted blood. Evil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I it wasn't like this. I didn't sense that in the Aggies – no, hey, who do we have? Hey, it's Mike. Hey, Mike, what's up? Hey, is it Neil? It is. Hey, man, I hadn't talked to you since I was in Omaha. It's been a minute. I called uh, quite a few times uh, on the podcast, and there's been a few times where I was not in my right mind where I was on air, but, uh, man, look, um, I don't think I'm going to be as good a phone caller as Claire was, but But, but I just want to say that I, I know, right. Um, I'm just grateful that our rebels are eight and one right now. And, uh, they, uh, heard a couple phone callers, uh, or maybe a, a gentleman before talking about our defense. I know our defense was suspect, but I do believe in Chris Partridge, and they look like uh, they made some adjustments in the second half and came out and played very well. Um, I know we're undermanned right at, at the moment, um, and I know we're we're coming into a bye week, and I think that's going to be you know good for us to get some guys healed up and we'll play Alabama. <laughs> In two weeks, I don't know uh, what what we're uh, you know what we can do against them. Uh, I just want to see us play with our you know our heads on fire and and play as best we can. And we saw that in the second half tonight. I'm just I'm just grateful. I'm just so glad that we have a coach like Lane Kiffin coming out and dialing up some plays and just keeping these guys and these these athletes interested in and just playing to the best of their ability and coming out with a win because it just seemed like it just it didn't look good after the first quarter tonight i really thought that we might go belly up but we didn't and we came through and uh i'm grateful for that and um uh, it's been a minute since, like, like I said, since I've talked to you, uh, it's been since Omaha when I was up there, but, uh, I'm a little bit lit up this evening. I just wanted to, uh, <laughs> I found you guys on YouTube tonight and just wanted to call in and, 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 uh, give you my two cents and say howdy toddy and we'll, uh, see you guys in Oxford in two weeks. All right, Mike. Appreciate, you. appreciate it. All right, guys. Howdy toddy. I'll be curious to see what they do or don't do in the open date during the week. My guess is very little. 
Oh, hardly anything I would, at all. I would think God, no. basically nothing. No, God no. I saw where uh, to about Arkansas earlier. Sam Pittman said they didn't even they didn't put pads on. So it was the first time that they'd had an open date where they didn't. They will practice as long as Lane just wants to keep them in town. Yeah, and the practices will be like an hour. Yeah, he's not long anyway. So no. Mm. Well, and his team's so beat up, he doesn't need guys out there aggravating stuff there's a, probably about 15 to 20 guys that need the week off mm-hmm. like Troy Brown needs to be off for the week he doesn't need to do anything uh, let's see I'll put the phone number back up as we start to push the end here I would be leaving Kyle Field I guess I'd be out by You'd now you'd be out by now be, how be far waiting is on the airport in like five yeah, hours yeah UCLA leads Stanford 38 to 13. San Diego State leads Fresno State 28 to 17 in the Hawaii games like second quarter. We'll get an Ole Miss Alabama time on Monday. It's 2:30. Would think. It's 2:30 at CBS. Feel good about that. Yeah. Ole Miss is going to be 8 and 1. Bama's 8 and 1 probably. Probably 8 and 1. <laughs> Hey, who do we have? Hey, man, this is Jim. Hey, Jim, what's up? Hey, I just had a, a, two quick questions. One for one for Chase, one for you, Neil. Uh, and I'll I'll hang up and let y'all answer. Neil, my question for you is: just... say say it again. Hey, Neil, this is Dan in Jackson. Hey, Chase. Oh, oh. you lost him. I don't know. Hey, what's up, Dan? Hey, Dan. Hey, guys. Sorry, I'm calling so late. I know you're still up, but um, I'll send everybody home. I'll tell you, Jackson Dart is a football player. We wouldn't have won that game otherwise. No, he's been a hell of a gamer. I mean, he the, the running the football won the game for Ole Miss today. I know he hit a couple passes, but he was 13 of 20. Didn't make the mistake, but 95 on the ground, including extending some drives that they just had to have. I mean, it's about some second downs, third downs. Oh, yeah. Down the field. I mean, it was – No turnovers. He played a really smart, good football game tonight. No turnovers. And I'll tell you, you know, everybody's beating up Partridge tonight, but I think at half they had 124 yards rushing. I think they finished the game with 146. I mean, they made adjustments in halftime, just like everybody was talking about the last game. And we had a few guys just step up. I mean, this team needs a bye week like I've never seen. And uh, yeah. just to get that done. And you could, I mean, Texas A&M, they don't have coaching. They, are, they have talent. That quarterback is legit. That number one, the receiver. <laughs> I mean, that kid, I'm pretty sure he'll be playing for Georgia or Alabama next year. Oh, they've got dudes everywhere now. I mean. Oh, well, i tell you what. Pete's, Pete's uh, your podcast with Pete. Yeah. Tell me what it is. Pete's Pigskin Review. I almost threw up listening to that. I was like, this this is not good. So, for us to come out, and even the offensive line in the first half struggled, and they made some adjustments in the second half. And, uh, I mean, what can you say about Jenkins? But I'll tell you this, Evans, he had another gear tonight, and I think it was because he's playing in Texas. And, um, you know, he, he's, he's a weird dude, but I, he, he's legit. I mean, that guy – if we can get – he's never finished a season uninjured. So, if we can get the bye week and get him to finish the season, I think it would be huge for his uh, pro career. So, that's what they need to sell him anyway. Everybody wants to know what's the 
clicking that sound in the background like it's like it sounds like oh that's my dog i'm sorry oh, that's okay. my, uh, have a labradoodle no, that was one of the guesses the that was one of the guesses was it that was one of the guesses <laughs> really? in the thread yeah oh yeah let's see uh he's, rev, got, a, he's got a rev neat. fan 1977 <laughs> wins the uh wins the award there you go i'm sorry no no it, I, i'm we, so used to it. I'm hearing it we were <laughs> we were curious to see what it was so yeah hey appreciate the call Hey, Chase, I'm enjoying yep. your book, man. Good to appreciate see you, Amiria. Thank you. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Thank you. I appreciate that. Right. Okay, guys, enjoy it. Thanks. Jim, if you call back, I'll try to get you. Can't remember if that was Jim or not. I hate to dial that number. <laughs> Done that once already tonight. Well, but this person called. You just called that person. Well, that's true. You want to call them back now? But I'm not sure that's the right one. No, I'm at the 901 number. Oh. That we called at 1040. You want to call no. them right now? No, probably not. Ask for Aaliyah again. I just figured maybe it was Sleepy Aaliyah, and it turns out it was not. Because I was like, I don't know No, it didn't. It didn't. It didn't. Hey, who do we have? Hey, Neil, this is Jim. Sorry, right, I sorry. don't know what happened earlier. All good. You had two questions. Go ahead. All right, let, let me try to, to uh, rephrase my questions. Uh, my question for Neil was, just from talking to uh, football program insiders, what, uh, what, two, what's her, what are two positions that you know they really want to hit in the portal um, for next year? And then my question for Chase is, was just, from talking to Clem, Laugh, and Mike, and, and some of the players this fall, have, have you noticed uh, a noticeable change in their just their approach to the fall heading into the season from past years. I'm sure it's a, you know, more relaxed atmosphere, obviously, but just wanted to, uh, to hear it from you. Appreciate both of so, y'all and what y'all do. So on the coach, on the, on the one for me, you were referring to just Ole Miss or, or kind of everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Just Ole Miss, as far as their roster construction for, 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 uh, heading into the 2023 oh, season. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to be totally transparent here. Um, I probably have more insight into the recruiting desires of ten other programs than I do Ole Miss. I, it's it's nobody over there gives you that information. Um, I can guess, and I I feel like I'd be ninety nine percent accurate. My guess would be defensive ends and wide receivers. I would agree on both accounts. I mean, I think they feel like they can do other things elsewhere to. But they need impact at those spots. Now, here's the thing: everybody else wants that same thing too. And the price, right. the price tag on wide receivers, on elite defensive ends, is exorbitant right now. I can imagine. On the baseball thing, it's more of you're constantly in the past saying, "Hey, this is how we get here," and it's this hope and whatever. You kind of know you can do it now. I mean, you're coming off a title where. There's going to be definitely some more comfort, some ease around the program. You're trying to do everything exactly the same, but no, it's it's a it's a different dynamic. I mean, you would hope that it ends comes off in a positive way. I think I think Mike will be a better coach now after winning. There's a monkey gone. There's all these different scar tissue things that are just completely evaporated. But I mean, there there is some constructs that that are different once you have actually won a title to where when you're talking to your team or the team in and of itself, um, amongst itself, there no, it's it, it, it. There is a there's a different feel and there's a different message that is subtle, but it's uh, it, it's there. And you hope that instead of the fat and happy and 
it sort of takes some edge off in a neg- in, a, in, a, in a negative way. You hope that it uh, it, it kind of adds some things. Well, hey, hey, thanks to both y'all. Hope y'all enjoy the bye week next week. Thank you. Appreciate Thank it. you. Appreciate it, Jim. Yeah. It will be nice to have a bye week. Yeah. Uh, no coat, no player shows this week. I gave those guys the week off. Figured they would enjoy it. So we'll get back next Sunday before the, when we turn the page to Alabama week. We'll get back and uh, visit back with those guys, Mason and Troy and Davison. Um, no Pete's Pigskin preview this week because there's no game to preview yet. And I don't know what we'll do about Thursday night. I'm good Thursday night. I don't know whether Chase is or not. Oh, uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, I mean, probably I'm... just do the show. Um, all right, so uh, make this last call. Appreciate everybody for being with us. It's been fun to be back and do it one time. It's uh, two two hours and 15 minutes in, so we'll take one more call if anybody wants to call. We get the last one. And, uh, again, thanks to everybody for being with us. We'll put up uh, – I'll put Lane Kiffin's uh, <clears throat> press conference. I'll put it up on the uh, website as well. We've got content there from earlier my column, my game story, Chase's observation. So there's a lot there. Let's see. Did they get the onside? Oh, they did get it. They cut it to uh, three. Now they got the ball. Hey, who do we have? Hey, caller, who do we have? Uh, yes. Uh, is this MPW Digital Post Show? It is, yep. Yep, who's this? Oh, right. Uh, this is John. Hey, John. How you guys doing tonight? <laughs> We're well, good. This morning, I say, I guess. Yeah. Oh, holy shit! Fresno State's uh, going to come got, all the way back and win that game. For, they gonna, uh, we got time for another call. Yeah, you're it. Go ahead. You're on. Oh, I apologize. Uh, this is John. Yep. Yeah. You're, good. you're on. Go ahead, John. Oh, I apologize. Um, uh, first off, Chase, uh, your book. I would really like to uh, know more about it and the title and everything. I'd love to read it. Uh, it's Resilient Rebels. It's available on Amazon. It's in local bookstores, depending on where you are. I can tell you where the closest copy is. Um, and we do signed copies through Lemuria Books. It's about the baseball championship. Oh, okay. And what was the name of it one more time? Resilient Rebels, Ole Miss Baseball's Remarkable Path to a National Title. Oh, okay. Resilient Rebels. All right, yeah. cool. I am definitely going to uh, get that. Appreciate that. Um, what a great game. Uh, I was literally, uh, well, not literally, but basically sitting uh, as close to the TV, or uh, almost inside the TV there after A&M scored that last touchdown. Um, but I have a question. I just want to know your, your, uh, y'all's opinion. The zone defense that we run, uh, that we go to uh, from time to time, uh, I've always hated that defense, uh, you know, because it just seems like we're just basically escorting the team down the field. Um, why, why did we not just continue to keep pressure there? Because – 
uh, it, it, it seemed pretty obvious to me that uh, we were doing a good job of getting in his head when we pressure uh, that quarterback. And uh, any ideas as to why we just don't continue with, with that well, approach? You, you have to mix it up. If you don't mix it up, they'll they'll exploit where they'll you're ex- coming from. The, yeah. Uh, you so you got to do that. And then the other thing was, look, when you bring pressure and it doesn't get home. Um, you'll pay on the back end. And in a game like that, I think they just felt like they could keep scoring. Obviously, Ole Miss ran the football for 400 yards or whatnot. So I think they yeah. they just wanted to make sure the goal is to win the game. It's not style points. Right, right. Well, that, uh, like I say, that defense just always makes me a nervous wreck. You know, I've been a Rebel fan, you know, since birth, 44 years. And uh, I have – seen that defense run so many times and it just makes me a nervous wreck but obviously we pulled it out eight and one awesome uh first time uh, best record since uh, i think 62 is what they said that's right. johnny bought yep uh, first time uh, any of us have seen that happen um but uh, another thing i appreciate what you guys do i've been watching uh all your podcasts for quite some time now. This is uh, my Thank first you. time calling in. Um, and I just appreciate what you do. I mean, it's, Thank you very it's much. almost 1 a.m. And uh, that's awesome. Uh, that's awesome. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Have a great night. Yeah, you too. Bye bye. Another thing, I'm pretty confident he doesn't want to work. Hey, who's this? Hey. Hey, last one real quick. Go quick. Last one? Yeah, last one real quick. Who is this? Last one, I want to ask why Lane is not blitzing defense. Why is what? Why is Lane not blitzing defense? Yeah, we've covered that tonight. Hey, appreciate the call. Thanks. All right. All right. Felt like we'd covered that ground. Uh, thanks to Dead Soxy uh, for uh, sponsoring the show. It's deadsoxy.com, promo code rebelgrove. He's drunk. Uh, promo code rebelgrove for 25% off. Our thanks to Brian Rippey, Jeffrey Wright for uh, being on the show. It's, it's 1 a.m. Yeah, 1 a.m. So uh, we'll we'll wrap it up there for uh, Chase. I'm Neil. Chase will be back in two weeks with the uh, MPW Digital Post Game. I'll join from Vault Hemingway, Ole Miss, and Alabama in uh, two weeks. What will almost certainly be a two thirty uh, CBS game. Alabama and LSU play next weekend. Ole Miss is obviously off, so we'll be back with the show in two weeks. Until then, have a uh, have a great night. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. 
the trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.